I'm such a procrastinator. This episode literally comes out tomorrow and I have not recorded any of my stuff that I needed to record, like the intro or taste faves for this episode. It's literally like less than 24 hours and I have not recorded anything. So yikes. Um, Today I have my twin flame on. She is the light of my life. She is the only person I know that is so similar to me in the fact that we love movies and we love movie trivia and we are like such nerds about literally everything there is to know about movies and actors and did you know that so-and-so did this and also this and behind the scene fact this and this and that like I always felt so insecure about it but then I met her and I was like oh thank god I'm not the only one (laughs) if it weren't for the fact that we were both starving at the end of this episode we could have talked for seven hours. This would have been my longest episode. I love her. You will love her. Please enjoy this episode of Extraordinary. seat thingy on if you want it's already hot in here <laughs> like without it blowing <laughs> at least it's not it's it feels good outside actually like if i could no the birds are too fucking loud it's fine we've tried to do this like yeah 20 times Oops. <laughs> last time I, I was getting a headache today i was like not today Me i was too. like i popped a what's it called pill <laughs> well, <laughs> i popped some drugs <laughs> uh some over-the-counter Tylenol. <laughs> oh, see, I normally do Tylenol, but then that wasn't working last time, so I did Advil this time. Huh. And then I was like, we're going to have to do something. I'm going to have to be like... That's weird that the Tylenol I gave you didn't work, because that's for my mom's arthritis. Like, really? it's like extra strength. Yeah, I have, uh, I have like a high tolerance, though, for pain meds. So do I. Mine wear, wears off really quickly. I'm like, I'm going to take five, and people are like, redhead. <laughs> no, it's real. The anesthesiologist before both of my surgeries, he's so cute. He looks like uh, my love and Amelia from This Is Us. From this Is Us. Yeah, he's so cute. Anyway, um, yeah, he was like, the first time he was like, yeah, I don't see a lot of redheads, and so I gave you a little bit more. It turns out you needed a lot more. And then the second time, he was like, you are not a cheap date. And then my dad was like, what? What do you mean? And then he's like, <laughs> what is that supposed <laughs> he, like, to mean? explained it. I was like, can we not do this while I'm barefaced, no makeup, on a cold table, yeah, and my like, dad please. is sitting in the corner? <laughs> you just require more medicine for everything or just, like, pain? Um, painkillers. Mm. We burn it off super quickly. Apparently, we need more antibiotics, too, because I always had to go back and get more antibiotics uh, because I got a really bad infection both times. Not really bad, but I mean, it shouldn't have become an infection either way. But they're really like, okay, you just need more or you need a stronger one. It's because you're a redhead. Yeah. Essentially, that's what they told me. I was like, wow, I thought that was a myth. So. Yeah. There's a lot of myths. I wonder if they're all true or it's just that. Well, I'm pretty sure we have souls, so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did I tell you I started Shit's Creek? Yes. Oh, my God. You know it's what's so weird? fucking I started funny. rewatching that literally last week. Really? Yeah. Because I, well, I want to rewatch it before I watch the last season. Mm-hmm. So. No, I started, oh, what was it? 
There was something that happened in the very first... Oh, they were at the... um at the diner or whatever, and the menus are, like, the size of a human torso. They, like, don't know what to do. <laughs> I was laughing so hard, and that's the point that I was like, okay, here we go. I'm on this. Hilarious. I brought you a water, but oh, you have such a vendetta for it's okay. water. I'll drink it. <laughs> I'm kidding. I might, I might drink it because, you know, when you talk, it's like, you get, yeah. you get dry. You have such a vendetta against water, so I was like, I don't know. They put salt she- in this. This is what they sell this at Disney World. Do you really think that Disney World isn't going to make you buy more of these? I'm telling you, that may explain why Domino's serves it. What can I say? I'm going to get sued now, but it's <laughs> fine. It does say salt in it, though. I saw it the other day, and I was like, Oh my god, I was right. Yeah. <laughs> like, why do you need salt in water? Purified water, magnesium sulfate, potassium chloride, and salt. You don't need salt in water. There's no reason for it. Beside magnesium sulfate, potassium chloride, and salt, there's like a little asterisk, and the asterisk means minerals added for taste. Okay. Added for addiction. <laughs> so you get more. Yeah, seriously. Plus, when you're hot, it is not satisfying at all. Like, it is not. like if this, you, this water? Yeah. Every time I go, well, every time I go, like, I go, but like, I'm, for the past... Every I, week that Disney, I go to Disney, <laughs> I've been to Disney World three times in my life. Only once was in the winter. Mm-hmm. Two, well, one time I didn't go to Disney World. I went to Universal for my graduation present. But, but every single time I had to get this water when there was nothing else, and I was like, I am so thirsty. I literally like I drank one just like trying to quench my thirst, and it <laughs> yeah. didn't go away. I was like, I believe this conspiracy theory. I believe it. Makes sense. Yeah, that's like my conspiracy theory. That okay, I don't actually believe it, but like if COVID was a hoax mm-hmm. i feel like zoom started it so that they could get more business you know? i mean yeah or that I, or they're the luckiest people in the world yeah i had never heard of zoom before and then everybody's like let's zoom i'm like let's do what are you talking yeah. about Go. oh this we already started yeah i've been oh. recording for five minutes now <laughs> it makes I it easier no idea okay <laughs> no it makes it easier than to be like all right let's start <laughs> and then we start and we're like okay <laughs> You loosened me up. Yeah. Love that. I get it from my father. See, I'm sitting here like, like thirsty. <laughs> I yawn when I'm like excited or nervous or anything. And I'm really excited. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, if I'm yawning a lot, you, you might have to cut out like a million <laughs> okay. yawns. If, if that were me, I would be dislocating my jaw like every, <laughs> every day. Yeah. I've done that three times. <laughs> You've gone to Disney, Disneyland, Disney World, Disney World, Disney World three times. I've never I'm been just to Disneyland. Me either. I went to Disney World when I was like maybe six or seven. I know it's like less cool because it's just a land. It's not the world. Like mm-hmm. Disney World is multiple lands. Well, see, I was told different. I was told Disneyland is the place that is cool, and Disney World is like the knockoff. I know that. <laughs> didn't they open Disney Disneyland first? Did, yeah, Disney. No, they opened Di- Disney. I don't know. Whatever. I have no idea. It's been a while since I've watched or read anything about it. Mm-hmm. But what I do know is that, like, I heard it's like when you go to California, it has like a special place in your heart, like to go to Disneyland. Like Californians, like swear that's the best. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I can't. I need a fact check. Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I obviously have a thing for redhead best friends because you're two. I have two close best friends who are redheads oh wow yeah i don't even know that you and hannah bealby you know what's weird like every guy that i've gotten close to they're like you know i guess i've always kind of had like a thing for redheads like if i'm not dating them then like i'm their friend and i'm like okay all right (laughs) like what do i do with that (laughs) 
Thank you. <laughs> That's yeah. like... Never mind. I was trying to say that would be like the equivalent of somebody saying to me something, but then I couldn't think of anything. So, <laughs> them being into brunettes, yeah. But yeah. brunettes is like more of a like they're more common than redheads, right? True. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be like saying I'm into girls with thick eyebrows. Like, like people have it; they could be into anything. Yeah, there are some kinks out there. <laughs> There's some weird kinks out there. I was oh, it was an episode of Armchair Expert. There was like a kink for tickling. I've, I've read, so there's this, um, podcast called, I don't know if you had to cut this out, but, um, <laughs> this YouTuber, Joe Sanagato, um, he does this thing called other people's lives where basically people write in and they're like, Hey, there's this thing about me. So they could have like a weird fetish or like mm-hmm. one girl, like she was raised to believe that her, uh, sister was, or she was raised to believe that her mother was actually her older sister, something like that. Like just crazy things. And there's yeah. someone on there with a tickle fetish, I think. That's smart. Yeah. This guy, he made a documentary. It's called Tickled. It's on, like, HBO or something. And it's about... It, there's a competitive endurance tickling sport. Oh and turns gosh. out that it's not actually a sport. It's a fetish between guys who are very homophobic. We're like, we are not, like, gay. But then, obviously, <laughs> there's something sexual to it. Yeah, there has to be some kind of element. Unless, I mean, that's just, like... Some people really like yawning. Like, you could get the same satisfaction from yawning. I don't know. <laughs> you don't know. I don't get that satisfaction from yawning. Me neither, but... Oh, I guess I should introduce you. W- w- do I give them my legal name? <laughs> or what I go I mean, by? I call you Emma, but you can say whatever. You can say your real name and then say, like, what you go by. Okay, well, my name is Emma Franks, but I go by Rose because... Everyone else. My family called me Rosie growing up, and there's just so many Emmas, and it got to a point where there was, like, an Emily, an Emma Lynn, and two Emmas, plus me in a Spanish class, and I was like, just call me Rose. Just call me. It's It's cool. (laughs) So I go by Rose now, so. Does the Rose have anything to do with your hair or no? No. um, Well, I mean, I was born with red hair, but I think it was a family name, so Mm. they were going to name me Etta because my great-grandmother... No, but that'd be cool. <laughs> that would um, be cool. <laughs> um, my great grandmother, her name was Etta, but they thought mm-hmm. Etta wasn't, you know, it was too, it wasn't modern enough. So they uh-huh. modernized it and it was Emma. Fun fact, they named it, this is what I was told. Okay. I mm-hmm. can't find any trace of this on the internet. Right. But, can't like, fact check you it. know how when newspapers were more, like, popular, um, mm-hmm. they would, write like oh congratulations there'll be like a newborn section yeah well they opened a diner shortly after i was born called the emma rose so allegedly that was named after me i don't know if that was a lie (laughs) but yeah it was named after you like your family opened it or no like apparently someone saw it in the newspaper and then like they Hmm. they named i don't know how they would know that though portland maine have you looked up, like, Yeah, I, I've looked up, like, the Emma Rose. I've looked up Emma Rose Cafe. Rose, like, I've looked up everything, and I uh-huh. can't find anything. So maybe it was just a mm-hmm. tall tale that was told to me. But yeah, maybe they just wanted you to feel cool. Maybe. As though I don't have enough to feel cool about. <laughs> right, like, I got enough. <laughs> like, I had nothing else at the age of six to like about myself. <laughs> Other than you were named after a restaurant. <laughs> Diner in a place I don't even go anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you were born in... Maine. You said Maine or yeah, Portland, Maine. Okay. People are you like, oh, Portland, Portland Oregon. Yeah, There's that's Portland, what I was Maine. thinking. That's where Anna Kendrick is from, actually. She's really, from Portland, Maine. Yeah. Oh I, my god. Yeah, that's why I was like, wow. I was like, no one is from Maine except like Stephen King. And then I was list- I was reading. Um, except your girl from your movies. Yeah, my mom calls Anna Kendrick the, <laughs> the girl with the teeth. <laughs> yes. Every time I see her now, I'm like, oh my god. Yeah, I and mean, I I bring it up all the time. Like me and my mom will watch Pitch Perfect. I'm like, 
Oh, Emma's mom. She's like, you told me already. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, sorry. My bad. It was in her book, and I was just reading it, and she was talking about how she's from Portland, Maine. And I think she even made a joke about not the whole Portland, like Portland, Maine. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was only there for two months. Like, my mom had me. I think mm-hmm. I was born during some kind of ice storm or, like, shortly after. Mm-hmm. I know my mom said she was, like, worried when she was pregnant with me that they weren't going to be able to get somewhere. (laughs) Which, I mean, like, you know, probably because you live in Colorado, but a lot of people Mm. in Texas don't realize that sometimes if there's (laughs) a storm, you can't leave. No, I was snowed in my house for, like, I think three days one time. Yeah. It's bad. I can imagine it's worse than Maine. Oh, yeah. So, um, but I've lived in the Northeast, like, my whole life. This is the... Mm. Texas is like the southest I've ever <laughs> South- been. <laughs> southest, yeah, the most southern, maybe. Yeah, I was kidding. <laughs> I was like southest. No. <laughs> and then from Maine, you went to. Oh my gosh. Okay, so. <laughs> okay, here we go. Buckle up. Okay, I might get some of these wrong because I wasn't aware during some of them because I was so young. But yeah. my family just moved so much. Um, so it went Maine. I'll just name the places because we've lived in them multiple times. So it was Maine, New Hampshire. Um. New York, Pennsylvania, twice. I'm going to say New York twice. Um, There's more. (laughs) Um, Michigan. uh, uh, Did I say Virginia? Virginia. Why am I blanking? I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, Pennsylvania twice. Pretty Uh, much everything. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, basically. um, But not really. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think you prefer it up there than you do down here? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just such a, a change in... I know people like to say, first of all, everyone in Texas has called me a Yankee. Like, they're like, oh, you're from the North, you're a Yankee. I'm like, that's definitely a New York thing. I only lived there for a few years. Yeah. Oh, fine. Ohio. Ohio. I also lived oh, in Ohio. Oh, right. I, I should have said all that. All of my family's that. from, like, Ohio and Michigan, mm-hmm. so... Anyway, um, yeah, it's it it's a difference. It's like everyone kind of minds their own business, especially mm-hmm. like New York, that area. Yeah. Like, obviously, if you if you're walking down the street and like you break your leg, people are going to stop and help you. But like if you drop <laughs> yeah. something, they're going to keep walking. Like yeah. people are in their own little world. They have their own lives to attend to, and they leave you alone. I feel like in the southern states, it's yeah, it's it's different, and definitely people have thought not so great of me i guess is a good way to say it right. and people thought like i thought i was too good for them but really i was just minding my own business i had no idea they like wanted to talk to me or something <laughs> yeah. so it definitely affected the way that i made friends when i moved here because i moved mm-hmm. here i wasn't in middle school i just like freshman year first day of freshman year was my first like that was like my second month in texas i didn't know anyone was that here in, or in my city yeah yeah that's a it's a big change yeah. for that specific year It's like, congratulations, you're going to be new to the entire state and here. Yeah. So, plus I had never lived in a small town like that. Yeah. I had where my, uh, where my aunt lives, where my grand, where where my dad grew up basically. Mm -hmm. Um, and my aunt lives in my grandfather's house now, but that's a super small town, but I never lived there. It was like. You would go and visit? Yeah. Every summer. And I was like, oh, small town. Oh, cute. But like, it, it's not. Yeah. It's different. Yeah, there's a whole yeah. different culture in small towns, too. 
definitely one thing I will say about Texas that is good. I'm set to drive anywhere. Like, I learned to drive in Texas. People are very aggressive. Oh, I yeah. mean, obviously, you have, like, New York City drivers. Especially Dallas. Philadelphia, D.C. Um, like, they're really aggressive, like, cab drivers. Like, mm-hmm. I visited D.C. Um, my senior year. My dad had, like, a business trip. So he's like, you can come if you want. I was like, yes, please. Sure. So the city was my oyster. I was like, <laughs> I'm going to go everywhere. And, like, in taxis, I was, like, holding on. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> we would stop at, like, a red light. And the cab driver would be honking, you'd be like, come on, let's go, come on. <laughs> like, it's the light. It's we can't no go one. Anywhere. <laughs> so, but yeah, I was nervous about driving my aunt's house. I took a trip without my parents driving my aunt's house. I was <laughs> nervous <laughs> driving when I went to her house because all I had was her car. And I went to, I wanted to go see my great uncle who lived mm-hmm. like an hour away. I didn't want to take like four hours out of her day. So I was like, all right, I can drive. Yeah, sure. She was like pushing me too. I was like, okay. Right. I got on the highway. First of all, the speed limit was 55. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's the lowest I've ever heard of. He was in Ohio and someone actually moved over to let me on. I was like, wow. Okay. Whoa. I was so worried. I was like, I feel so safe here. So <laughs> definitely Texas has made me a good driver. Very yeah. aware. Oh, a little yeah. aggressive. I will admit sometimes I Still found myself on. being like, come on. And I was like, oh wait, I'm trying to go 70 and yeah, I'll never be like outwardly aggressive. Like I won't flip somebody off or if I've cut somebody off, it's been by accident. Mm-hmm. But I will have like a little road rage. Like I'll just be sarcastic to myself. I'm like, sure, come on over. Why not? I'll be like, I'll be aggressive, like internally, but I'm never going to flip someone off. No. Too much true crime. Like you yeah. don't know who's <laughs> no. on the receiving end of the middle finger. Um, much, one time. Too much criminal minds. <laughs> On my way to a Glee concert, my sister flips. <laughs> what? It's a Glee concert? A Glee concert, yeah. Um, oh my god, they did those? Yeah, I went to see them. It was like during their prime, too. Um, in my eyes, uh, my prime. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I wanted the Big Time Rush concert, but my sister had to go. So I see why my dad chose Glee over Big Time Rush. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> so we were on the way to the concert, and my sister flipped someone off, and I thought the whole time they were like tailing us, gonna like hold yeah. us at gunpoint when we got out to the yeah. Glee concert. <laughs> <laughs> They're yeah. like, are you fucking kidding? Me? <laughs> but yeah, so Can you imagine. <laughs> My dad was a really aggressive driver who would flip people off and like cut them off and like, like if they did something like I don't know aggressive towards him, he would like tail them. I was always afraid somebody was gonna just like get out of the car. I think he did a few times. Oh my gosh! Yell at somebody. I w- no. If someone gets out, I'm driving away. Like yeah, I don't I'm like. Oh, nope. <laughs> I don't like to provoke. No, me either. <laughs> not a provoker. So I'll just be the one that's like, "Are you fucking okay? Cool. Yeah, sure." I just let it happen. I'm like, Are you kidding me. And I'm like, okay, let me just turn up my audiobook. Yeah. Audiobooks and <laughs> podcasts, like, they calm me. Like, yeah, same. I'm, like, in the zone. I'm like, okay, nothing's going to pull me out of this chapter of, like, the Chamber of Secrets or yeah. whatever. <laughs> yeah. I feel that way driving in Dallas. Like, I have to listen to a podcast or show tunes or I'm just, like, way too anxious. Mm-hmm. I don't like, especially in downtown Dallas. Because yeah. there's so many, like, one-way roads and stuff. And the streetlights are different. I don't think anyone knows what they're doing. They're, like, Because of the way there. people drive. I'm, like, yeah. I guarantee you half these people are don't tourists Don't go don't to know. Dallas with Andrew. He can't drive. <laughs> I don't miss living near downtown. I don't miss it. Yeah. I'm glad I live, like, on the outskirts now. Like, I feel safer. Not super safe. But <laughs> yeah, not safer than I did. You go the wrong way on your street, you end up somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> you shouldn't be very weird yeah. that's the thing like one street is bougie and like nice and then the next then street the over next, it's like oh, like bars on the windows oh yeah. another stabbing <laughs> you post all the time about people like what is that like app you have where people are posting like oh, ring. i heard 
Oh, and I like heard gunshots. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's because I live by a gas station. So mm, yeah, a few. Yeah, <laughs> there are a few. Gas well, the gas station at the front of the neighborhood was great. The two behind yeah. it or the mm. three behind it, not good. No, <laughs> no, I had. I think I was postmating, and we had to go to one of those. I remember going to the apartment complex. I was like, <laughs> I was like, this is the apartment complex where like someone was held at gunpoint last <laughs> oh week. God. Like I see crazy things, and it's like police are investigating, but then they don't send a follow up. So yeah, it's like. So Okay, I don't cool. know what happened. And then the yeah. Whataburger that my dad left my stepmom at your house. Every time I drive by it, I'm like, aw. I'll probably cut that out. <laughs> it's just so funny. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Yeah, that's why I drive to West Plano. Like, it's a five-minute drive, so it's like, mm-hmm. yeah. why go there? I'll go to the Walmart that's, like, safe. That's <laughs> not the one. I, that's not safe. Yeah. <laughs> was it you who I was like, oh, I'll go risk my life and go to the Walmart down the road? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm talking like I lived in Com- like I live in Compton. I don't. You don't. <laughs> it's just shady. Yeah, just a little shady. What do you think's the like favorite state that you lived in? Like, if you could go back and live there again, where would you live? I love Ohio because of my family, because of the way it makes me feel, um, because of the memories, but mm-hmm. I don't think I would want to live there. Yeah. Um, it's a little, they're, they're just a little behind. Um, like <laughs> it's just no offense to any Ohio people. It just kind of seems kind of run down to me. <laughs> Sorry, like, Ohio. Like we went there and my dad was like, <laughs> I don't miss this. And I was like, wow, as an adult, like I can see, like even the Panera, it's like, they didn't have the kiosks to order at. The Panera was so old. I was like, oh, okay. Um, So probably Pennsylvania. But honestly, like if my dreams come true and I just can buy some house somewhere (laughs) where I can write, um, probably Maine. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. I've always wanted to live like Northwest and see what it's like. But because of all the crime, I don't really want to live. Yeah. Where'd you live in Michigan? Um, I don't know. I was so young. Oh, yeah, it was, I think it was after Maine, but before New Hampshire, but mm. it was where my grandma was from. I remember the one time when I was talking to your friend about it, Kalamazoo, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I don't know. No, that's a place. I so. think that's it. No, I think that's the place. Oh, <laughs> I was like, that's, that's, yeah, that's there. I'm pretty sure. Wherever my grandmother is from, but I, no one's going to listen to this that knows where my grandmother is from, so. If somebody hits you up in the comments is like, actually, I do. <laughs> She's from here. I think that if there's, like, anyone in this world that I'm a twin flame with, it's definitely you. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, there's so much we have in common. Even down to, like, you texting me, like, oh, my gosh, why did I take so long to watch? Why did I take so long to start watching Shit's Creek? And I was like, that's crazy. Like, I just watched that, like, two days ago. That might be your psychic power, though. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) It stresses me out. I don't understand it. Yeah, I feel like anytime you go to watch something, you're like, should I be watching this? Like, I'm no, scared. it's the only it's only things I have like uncontrollable urges. Like, mm-hmm. I keep seeing it everywhere. Like, I'll I'll like hear a song that like is associated with that, like mm-hmm. or something. And then the next day, that person's dead. <laughs> Pretty much. Okay, now I sound witchy. Now I sound like <laughs> like I'm. Like, no, it's true. Speaking. It happens. These yeah. people are like, yeah, right. I'm it, like, who was the last person? The the first, not the first time. I think the most significant feeling to me was Paul Walker's death. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll just explain it so people aren't <laughs> like, okay, she spoke it into existence, now he's dead. So, basically, I had I had no interest in cars. This was like, I had my first car, it was like a Ford Fiesta, I did not care about cars. Uh, to me, a car was a car. Yeah. Um, 
like my brother-in-law was interested. <laughs> like I wasn't like a metalhead or what or gearhead or whatever. Like, <laughs> metal <head. laughs> like, I dated a guy that was like so <laughs> he was like really into cars and he, I think they're called like gearheads yeah. or something. <laughs> gearhead, not metalhead. <laughs> so anyway, um uh I had no interest and I kept seeing like little things that would make me want to watch the Fast and Furious movies. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like leading up to the release of one like it wasn't, there was no marketing that was like, a watch Fast and Furious. I would see yeah. like Dodge Challengers and I would be like, that's the car from the movie. And I just had all of these urges. Like I would be sitting in my room and um, in the small town we're from, all throughout high school, I couldn't stream anything because the Wi-Fi was so bad. So I would like look up where to stream it and then I would try to stream it and I couldn't. And then one day I was at Walmart and I just bought the complete collection and mm-hmm. I watched it all. And I was like, great, cool. And then I went to go get uh, my hair done later that night and um, later that night. It was like <laughs> one of those private salons. Yeah. It was my mom's friend. So it was like whenever it was like eight or nine or don't even remember. And uh, my friend who was with me, she was like, oh my gosh, TMZ just said Paul Walker died. I was like, what? <laughs> like, I just watched all the movies. And the same thing happened with, or not the same thing, but same kind of thing happened with Kobe Bryant, right? Uh, yeah. Kobe Bryant and then with Prince, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I was literally, okay, I was watching, <laughs> I was rewatching all the Marvel movies and I was watching Black Panther and then I saw on TMZ Chadwick Boseman passed away. I was like, okay, I no, hate this. Something is happening I, right now. I, I I didn't even finish it after that. I was like, I don't like this. I don't want to do this. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't understand it. I just get these urges. And she may have psychic abilities. Un for sure yet. I think it. I don't know if it would be like a more of a, like a clairvoyant thing. I have no idea. Yeah. All I know is. <laughs> I was going to stop. I was going to go. There was something I really wanted to watch. I think it was like a documentary. Something had just come out. And then I was like, no, I'll just power through it and watch the Black Panther because I really liked it. And I only saw it when it was in theaters. I hadn't mm-hmm. seen it since. So I was like, I'll just watch this. And yeah, I did not like that. So if you ever see that she's like having an urge for something, you got to be like, please don't. <laughs> if you ever started having dreams about me, please stop them. Like, please. I don't think not. I don't think choosing to ignore the urge makes it go away i think the urge is just like a warning i don't know though i mean if anybody's listening who knows what's up hit her up please (laughs) i i don't know there's this like psychic that operates out of like you know how some classes at our high school have like those outdoor classrooms or like yeah yeah she operates out of one of those like off the highway and she's really good reviews so i'm thinking of going in and being like can you feel something like yeah like, I've, I've always wanted to go to a psych- psychic, actually. I've gone to two psychics, and <laughs> they both said along the lines, like, the same thing. Mm-hmm. One made a prediction that actually came true. It was, like, from this date to this date, something big happening is going to, like, it's going to come to you. It's going to come to fruition or whatever. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And oh my then, God, lo and behold, it? on the, like, the start date of, you know, let's say it was, like, the 29th through the 31st or whatever. It was, like, mm-hmm. the start date. Um, I got a call and I got accepted into this, like, music studio in Pennsylvania that I had, like, auditioned for and I was, like, really excited to take lessons at. Oh, my gosh. Um, they also told me I was going to marry someone in the medical field and they told me that I was going to enjoy my youth and start a family later. Both of them said that, so. You also are, like, a good luck charm for me. Anytime that I'm around you, something happens. Oh, yeah. Good yeah. for me, so. Yeah. Like, Dax liked one of your tweets. Yeah, um, and you were with me whenever I got one of the first calls about going to Los Angeles and then the second call too. Oh yeah. The second one. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. There's something going on with her and her energy. You guys, um, 
definitely hit her up. I feel like generally I have pretty bad luck. So if I'm a good luck charm for you, <laughs> then great. Great. Awesome. I'll just, that's the reason I keep you around. Prime example, the weird, like the craziest things happened to me. I was literally in my car. I did my makeup. I got ready. I was ready to come and record the podcast with you. Oh God. Yeah. And then my dog, like I went to a gas station and my alarm, first of all, I leave my car. I, I leave my phone in the car because I still am anxious about that myth of like the static from your phone will like make the, the gas station blow up or whatever. That's what? probably fake. You haven't heard I've about that? I've never heard that before my in my parents, life. My dad was always, my dad, I call them Gregisms because his name is Greg. He would always lecture my friends and I like, be aware, look over your shoulder. Don't do this. Don't do that. This is how you stay safe. And so his thing when I started driving was he was like, don't use your phone at a gas station. Keep it in the car because the static from the phone could cause some kind of explosion or whatever. Maybe that was just... Like, with what? Like, the gas? The static, like, of... Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't looked into it. Um, But... It's kind of cute, maybe. Uh-huh. I don't know. <laughs> oh, okay, never mind. <laughs> oh, no. Abort mission. I don't like the way he's looking around. Um... um Maybe he might be if he wasn't just like so much him. You know? Yeah, I feel <laughs> like sense. the hairstyle and the he could be improved upon. Anyway, I'm sure we yeah. all could. Um, well, yeah. Okay, so finishing my story, um, <laughs> I was like, I had my home alarm. I had the alarm of my house armed, and I have an app, and it'll tell me like if something is going off. Well, I have glass break sensors, and while I was pumping gas, like my phone was like sending me notifications, like glass break, your alarm's been triggered, like we're trying to contact you. Well, I recently changed my phone number. So they were like having to call my mom and my mom didn't know the verbal passcode. Long story short, I like went home. The police showed up. (laughs) My dog like stepped on glass. So she needed, they, she didn't need stitches, but they pulled it out and they like wrapped it up. And yeah, then I was like, I better stay with her because I don't know what else she's going to do. She like pulled a bowl off the counter and it shattered. So that's (laughs) that's what that was. So Yeah. It's just things like that. And I feel yeah. like sometimes I'm like, people probably don't believe me. Like, <laughs> No, whenever you said that, I was like, what? When it happened, I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Why? That sounds so insane. But it like... I was at the gas station outside of my neighborhood. You know, it doesn't take long to get there. I yeah. was gone for probably five minutes. Yeah, and, at most. Yeah. And she did that. So I was like, cool. Great. Love, Love that. <laughs> Love that. So you moved around a lot, but somehow you got here. And then you got here freshman year? Yeah. So you're a grade above me, so it would have been my eighth grade year. And then when I was a freshman, you were a sophomore, and then we met then. Mm -hmm. Do you remember, like, your first impression of me or, like, meeting me? I don't remember meeting you at all. And then again, I don't... I think it was the medication that I was on for my epilepsy that Mm -hmm. affected my memory. Yeah. My doctor told me that there are some studies that show it does affect memory. Mm-hmm. So I don't remember meeting a lot of people for the first time in high school. Um, yeah. I don't remember meeting any of the people that I sat with. Yeah, but- I remember, like, I have this vision of you walking with Jagger. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. And that's, like, my first, like, memory of you. But I don't remember being like, hi, my name's Taylor. <laughs> like, I don't remember any of that. I don't. I remember your, you being really quiet. I, I don't. Was very quiet. I don't remember really like having a conversation with you i think Mm -hmm. it was probably there were three really strong personalities like all like going crazy and then (laughs) someone coming in and out of the table i'm sure if jagger was there that was a fourth strong personality (laughs) so like i'm I'm pretty sure that's what it was i just remember you would nod a lot you'd be like yeah yeah you just it was very quiet yeah i I didn't have a negative 
impression of oh, you. Well, that's that, good. That's why when you messaged me and you were like, I'm sorry if I like did anything. I was like, oh, wow, that's so sweet. Like she didn't do anything <laughs> didn't. wrong. Yeah. So, yeah. I We were involved in like the same, the same friend group. Like there were like four-ish people. That was more of like where I sat at lunch. And like yeah. I tried to become friends with everyone and it just kind of fizzled out. Yeah, they were kind of not so nice to people. Like they weren't very... They were never mean to me, like, outwardly mean to me, but they also weren't outwardly nice (laughs) to a lot of people. Yeah. So that's how we met. And then, for some reason, we have that picture together at homecoming. I just remember noticing you. That was the first time I remember talking to you. I remember noticing you. I was like, oh, wow. Like, ooh. (laughs) Like, she, you know, I mean, we all, it's easy to clean up. Like, when you have to wear a polo to, <laughs> to, to school. Right. So I was like, wow, she's not wearing, like, her usual polo. Neither am I. We're in dresses. Cool. Like, our yeah. hair is done. I just remember thinking it looks so pretty. Like, it, I just remember being <laughs> like, it you. looks like a like a dress that someone wears when they elope. And they want to be, like, cute. Like, oh, I'm going to a courthouse wedding. But, like, I have this little extravagant dress on and I look good. So. Sorry. That lady was, like, really close to our back porch. I was like, what is she doing? Hmm. But, yeah. Because at our high school at the time, we had to wear uniforms, and your choices were, like, khaki or black pants, and then you could do skirts, like khaki or black skirts. But they had to be, like, kneeling. Kneeling, yeah. yeah. And you had to wear tights with them. Yeah. And then polos, and you could get them in white, gray, black. Or gold. Gold. And no. I, oh my god, my freshman year, I wore a lot of gold polos <laughs> and, like, khakis, like, pulled up here. I remember when I had never had uniforms before, and before I started school, my mom was like, all right, we gotta go to, like, I can't find anything that fits this. So we went to, like, Academy or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's where a lot of people got I got those. this, like, yellow, not, like, bold yellow, like, subtle yellow still, this yellow polo and my mom made me buy like this special bra. So um, I ended up getting this like yellow polo, subtle yellow, not highlighter yellow. It was not cute. I wore these like dicky slacks. They had to be like hemmed. Yeah. Um, it was very, it wasn't cute. And then I realized no one else was wearing anything like that. And mm-hmm. I was mortified my first day. I, I barely talked to anybody. I don't even remember that. I just remember being like, I want to be gone. I want to be out of here. And I had to ride the bus too. My mom did not pick me up. Um, so I was like, I do not like this at all. Yeah. Those bus rides were awful. And those, those fucking uniforms were awful too. I, I didn't have like a highlighter yellow. I had like a deep, dark yellow. Yeah. Like the, like almost like mustard. Yeah. Yeah. Except before like mustard color was cool. Yeah. Yeah. Before it was a trend. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't know how to accessorize. Cause like girls would wear like shawls and stuff. And stuff. Yeah. yeah. And I would just, like, came to school wearing, like, my polo and my pants and my belt. And my I was thing, like, oh. <laughs> my thing was always cardigans. At one point, I think the end of my sophomore year, I f- hit, like, the jackpot. Like, I think J-Lo had these polos. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she had a clothing line at uh, Kohl's. So my mom and I bought, like, 15 of them. And I just mm-hmm. wore those until, like, my senior year when I could wear senior shirts on Fridays and stuff. Oh, yeah. I never followed the dress code my senior year, though. So what I did was I just always had my hair down over my collar, so no one knew I wasn't wearing a collared shirt. Mm, yeah. Smart. Yeah. I had, like, this pullover, like, windbreaker that I wore a lot, and I could tuck my collar in so that it didn't look like I was wearing a collar. Smart. Which I still was wearing a collar, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> that friend group, I mean, not to say that, not to, like, talk shit on them, but they just, like... They were, we were all kind of young, like girls that at that age are kind of fucking awful. <laughs> so they weren't very nice to you. And I remember it was 
this, I, in my memory, it was like a year ago, but apparently it wasn't according to our Instagram DMs. But I, at one point, reached out to him and was like, hey, I'm sorry, like, that I didn't stand up for you, like, I should have, like, I just kind of felt bad. And I was like, I need to reach out to her, so I did. Yeah, I remember instantly being like, wow, she was not the problem. Like, <laughs> yeah, I kind she's of not felt... the one that needs to be apologizing <laughs> yeah. here. Like, <clears throat> and I don't think anything particularly horrible happened with them. I just remember it being too much at one point where I was really trying. I was trying to fix mm-hmm. whatever, like, they would say, oh, well, so-and-so said that you said this about me. And I'd be like, well, I didn't. Like, who, when, yeah. where were we? Like, who? And I kind of just started to pick up on the fact that they were lying. And I was like, wow, okay, this is, like, a prime example of, like, some people are at a stage and some people aren't. And, yeah. And not to say I was better than them, but I was a little bit more mature in the fact that I was like, okay, not the people I want to surround myself with. And I do have a yeah. theory that, um, yeah. I do have a theory that one of them in particular wanted to be close to this guy that I was friends with at the time. And mm, that's kind of yeah. why she wanted. Acted that yeah, way. Yeah. I think that that's what she wanted. So, mm. I think that's what it was. <laughs> Girls were just so... There is a point where guys are really bad, but then there is a point where girls are very bad. Yeah. Like, in the entire school system. And I remember girls getting bad around, like, fifth grade. Oh, girls were, like, very problematic very early on. I, not to be that girl. I'm not the girl that's going to rub in someone's face. But, yeah. like, I always got along better with guys it might have been because i moved a lot it was easier to become friends with them they were more approachable i guess yeah but i remember as early as like third or fourth grade because the teachers would flip-flop so you would have the same teacher two years in a row that was in new york and Mm. so i have a hard time differentiating like what was third and fourth grade for that reason and you Mm -hmm. had the same class too so unless someone moved there that's really then you have the same people in your class for two years so Mm -hmm. i just remember initially when i moved there i was friends with this guy named james and we were friends like the whole time and i remember the girls were so mean to me i tried to fit in and it was just it was not fun and um looking back i made a lot of male friends earlier mm-hmm. um and they lasted and a lot of girls girl friendships were fleeting yeah so i n- i never wanted to connect with guys for multiple reasons but girls i always wanted to connect to but i just never had like everything that they did everyone that i was trying to be friends with were like cheerleaders or like i was not a Same. cheerleader i was like the theater kid i was the one that wanted to like sit in the back of the class and like right or sit in the front of the class and answer all the questions in english like Mm -hmm. that was me and that was not the girls that i was trying to hang out with so yeah i definitely had like an identity crisis in the eighth grade because there was this one girl who she's really down to earth and but she had this group of not to be like all cheerleaders are mean but i mean like it was just like they were the it group of this one small middle school Mm -hmm. there were so many kids it was broken up into two middle schools basically like east and west and there was this one girl and she kind of i guess took me under her wing and um suddenly i was in this world where which i'd never been in before it was like a group of like eight girls plus i think i'm included in that number yeah and (laughs) i was like trying to remember how many but um i was in this with this group of girls and i would go to these sleepovers and like they would just want to do things and i felt so insecure i didn't have all these crazy things to talk about like they did mm-hmm. like i felt like i was the do you remember the duff i felt like i was the, yes i felt like that i was, was my the life yeah. yeah and after i moved i just didn't want to be that because i was like trying to pretend to like cheerleading mm-hmm. eating disorders like not pretending to like eating disorders but i mean <laughs> right. like in, in like girls encouraging eating disorders like yeah not fun like I remember they, like, kicked one girl out because they thought she was a lesbian. 
my god. I know, right? And Girls I remember awful. I know, and I remember being like, I think if she is, like, that doesn't mean she's gonna like she can't come to the sleepovers. Yeah. Like, I just remember being like so confused as to why they were being mean to her. But obviously back then I didn't have the guts to be like, guys, it's not infectious. Like <laughs> she's not gonna be a lesbian and like touch you and then oh my god, you're a lesbian too. Yeah. Not how it works. But definitely I always felt to this day, like, that's why I like you. I don't feel pressure. I'm like, Same. like no one else, I wouldn't have been comfortable enough with anyone else to be like, do you want to sim together and just, like, play the sims? Yes. <laughs> that's why we're twin flames. <laughs> yeah. And also we write. Both of us are writers. Yeah. Do you remember, like, realizing that you had a knack for writing or was it kind of just, like, always there? I think my dad caught on to it before me because I just grew up having the tools that I needed to create stories. So like he bought Mm -hmm. me this computer program where you could like make your own, there was like a section for words and like a section where you can make your own like different background, add like a cowboy in or whatever they had all these little (laughs) elements. So, um, I had stuff like that. And, um, my dad kind of focused on, I remember it used to annoy me now I'm grateful for it. But if we were at the dinner table and I was telling a story, um, it would be like, say say and i not and me or whatever he would correct subtle grammar things that now it's ingrained in me mm-hmm. and i'm grateful for it because yeah. it's easier i i feel like that's something that he saw in me mm-hmm. um I don't, I don't know how you see it in a kid maybe i was just probably yeah. i do remember having a lot of imaginary friends when i was little <laughs> oh my and gosh, so maybe maybe that's part of it he was like wow yeah. she's just over there making up her she's own doing little yeah <laughs> her own little whatever so um i think that's part of it and so i've just always like on the computer anywhere we moved we got a new computer there's always a program on there where i could go and write and he would like yeah he would go and he would you know and Obviously, when I was younger, it was, like, knockoffs. It was, like, Harry Potter. (laughs) I was always writing knockoffs of something. Like, oh, I'm going to take that idea and just, like, do it. Yeah, I did, like, a really bad version of Hogwarts, but it was, like, for all kinds of supernatural beings, and it Mm -hmm. was just such a knockoff. So, um, (laughs) yeah. Um, But, yeah, I feel like that's always been in me, and it'll always be a part of me, even if it's not what I do when I'm older. I hope it's what I do, but... Yeah, because that's what... That's kind of what started us, like, talking... We missed our one-year anniversary, but it's fine. Yeah, I remember that. I remember being like, who could I... Like, I want a friend that writes. I want a friend that, like, understands me. Because at the time, there was this one person who I wanted to be her friend, but it wasn't really clicking. She kind of kept blowing me off, so I was like, okay. Mm -hmm. And at that point, I was... I had kind of cut people out of my life that weren't good for me. So I was like, who has... Do I know? Or can I guess, like, has... Okay. All right. That's fine. Who can I assume has good character? Mm -hmm. And like, I remember scrolling through Facebook while my best friend Alan was in the restroom. Uh, We were waiting to go see a movie at a Starbucks somewhere. And Mm -hmm. I remember scrolling through and you had posted something and I was like, it sucks that she lives in Colorado. And then I saw for some reason that you were back in Texas. Yeah. And I was like, I remember messaging you and being like, I know for a fact, like I saw that you had a blog. So I knew that you were a writer. Mm -hmm. So I was like, she clearly showed character growth when um, when she messaged me on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Like, no one else, out of any drama that happened um, with friends, you were the person, you were, like, the only person that was like, hey, sorry if I did this. Like, yeah. and I wanted someone that could, like, The people that actually didn't do anything. <laughs> right? Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. So I wanted someone that could like had the ability to self-reflect and be like, oh, wow, I kind of overreacted and, you know, I was right. wrong or whatever that you didn't overreact. Or anything. <laughs> but I remember seeing that in you and being like, well, I hope she's back in Texas. Like, yeah. And you were. And yeah, I had posted because I was writing a screenplay at the time. It was my first screenplay that I ever wrote. And I was writing it like a book or like a play, like the names just like in. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like exactly like a play. And then I was watching something and I was like, oh, my gosh, wait, that's not how I'm supposed to format that. I have no idea how to write a screenplay in the format. So I made a post on Facebook and then you messaged me about a book. Something oh, uh, to do Save with. the Cat. Yeah. Yes, that. And you were like, here's this. Like, if you like ever... I, I like to write, too, like, something like that. And I was like, oh, she's cool. But I'm so nervous around new people. So anytime you were like, let's hang out, I was like, I'm scared. I don't want to. <laughs> like, But then we hung out. The f- I think the first time we hung out was Amber's football game, right? Yeah, I remember that. Okay, yeah, I was trying to figure out the first time because I don't remember ever feeling like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. I was so nervous. We took my Jeep and we took the back roads. And we just, like, talked for an hour and a half while we drove to this yeah. Okay. So that's probably what made me feel more comfortable. Yeah. I was really worried that I was going to be a drag that night. You were like the first person who I'd hung out with outside of my house after my surgeries for my feet. Oh so, yeah. Like, Cause you were still in a boot at the time. I yeah. was, I wasn't sure I was even going to be able to go to the game because I was still on an e-scooter. So mm-hmm. it was, that was like, I remember my doctor approved me like the day of or the day before, like, mm-hmm. yep, you can walk as long as you're wearing the boot. And I remember being so scared cause I was like, I cannot elevate my feet. Yeah. And the fact that you were, the fact that you were willing to just in the front yeah. where people are walking. I was like, oh, thank God. Because, like, <laughs> yeah. I, w- I couldn't That's bend. That's normally where I like to sit anyway. <laughs> okay, good. I couldn't bend my f- ankle at the time because it had been in a cast for so long. And people kept, like, hitting your boot, too. I yeah. remember that. <laughs> I couldn't bend it to coming up and down, up and down the stairs. So I was yeah. like, oh, God. Like- and we went and ate at that. We don't have to say what it is. Oh, yeah, <laughs> we but- ate at a restaurant, and it was not very good. Very subpar. I remember being nervous during that because I was, like, because I'm a nervous eater anyways, like I'm a very anxious person anyways, but mm-hmm. I was a very anxious eater and I was like, oh my God, now I have to eat in front of her. Like, I'm so scared. But it was good. Well, the food wasn't good, but yeah, it was good. <laughs> the obviously, interaction was good. Yes, obviously it was good enough to stand a year. Yeah. So happy anniversary. Yeah, happy anniversary. Oh my God, I can't believe we missed it. We were hanging out and I was like, oh my God, wait, we missed our anniversary. Oh my gosh. Like my thing with you, I think, very frequently whenever like <laughs> like I'm always jokingly I'm like no homo because I'm like obsessed with you I'll like text oh you something gosh. I'll be like oh my gosh I miss you and it's been like three days I know it feels like every time we have been apart it feels like it's been since the womb since we saw each other <laughs> my thing is like I've never like you're just so unproblematic like in terms of like in terms of like needless prop like like creating yeah. something out of nothing, yeah. Not communicating. Like I feel like if I ever hurt your feelings, you would be like, like, oh, hey, like, <laughs> just letting you know because like you know me well enough to know that I don't want to hurt your feelings. If I yeah. did it, it was totally unintentional. Yeah, because I'm so in my head about things. Sometimes I'm accidentally very self-involved, so I'm like, oh my gosh, and then I yeah. some like my fear is like <laughs> making you feel like I don't <laughs> care because I'm like trying to not be weird or something. Yeah, but like. I wish I had, like, known you sooner. Like, I feel like we wasted time. Like, yeah, I know. If I had been friends with you in high school, I probably wouldn't have had half of the problems that I did in high school. Oh, my gosh. I never thought about that. Yeah. The butterfly effect. So. 
Sometimes YouTube's algorithm throws me for a loop. I mean, sometimes it really knows me, but sometimes it just throws me something random, like a slime tutorial, and I'm like, mm, no thanks. <laughs> Unless, of course, they're like Broadway bootlegs disguised as slime tutorials. <laughs> Oops. Uh <laughs> but last month, it suggested this video called My Brother Jordan, a documentary. I thought, okay, cool. I'll watch like the first five minutes and then if I'm bored, I'll turn it off. No big deal. And then an hour and a half later, I am sobbing, literally sobbing into my couch cushions after watching, I don't even know what to call it. It's such a beautiful, beautiful film. This is the most beautiful documentary I've ever watched. I've never seen somebody be able to show you a life that no longer walks this earth in a way that you never even question how big that life inside of them was. You don't have to wonder because this filmmaker, they show you exactly how big their life was. It's beautiful. It is heartbreaking. You will probably sob into your couch cushions too. It's just everything wrapped up in one. My Brother Jordan on YouTube. Go watch it. And if the filmmaker is possibly listening to this, thank you for sharing a piece of your brother with us. Please, 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 please go watch this documentary. I have a ton of useless shit in my wallet. I will be the first one to tell you. I have, like, receipts from October of 2017, um, expired gift cards that I never used, that I should have used, and now I'm mad that I didn't use them in time. But... One of the things in my wallet that is really important, aside from my license, obviously, is my Be The Match donor identification card. A few years back, I saw this ad on Facebook, and it said something along the lines of, if you could save a cancer patient's life, would you? And of course, I'm like, duh, like, who wouldn't? So I click on it. It takes me to bethematch.org. And I, in like two minutes, become a potential donor. The way it works is you register online as a volunteer to be listed as a potential blood stem cell donor. That's a mouthful. <laughs> blood stem cell donor. There we go. They send you this kit in the mail to swab your cheek for DNA. Literally like a Q-tip. You take the Q-tip, you swab your cheek, you put it back in the little box that it came in, you send it back, and then boom, you're a lifesaver. That's it. That's all you have to do. Be the match keeps you in their system until one day, say, I don't know, someone you've never met, you don't know, they come into a hospital, they're desperately needing a match for a transplant to keep living. Like, they cannot keep on living unless they have a match. They can't find anyone. And so Be the Match looks in their system and just so happens to be that you are the only person that matches with this person who is very sick. You can save their life. Be the Match will call you. You'll go and donate, either through drawing blood or giving bone marrow, and that's it. That is it. You're a lifesaver. Who wouldn't want to be a superhero like that? Like, that's all you have to do? Come on, you can do it. Go to bethematch.org today and sign up to be someone who could save lives one day. You never know when someone's future could rest in your hands, or in this case, your blood stem cells.
But everything happens for a reason, I guess. Yeah. It, but, like, when I think it's been only a year, I'm like, no, it hasn't. Like, I feel like I've known her for, like, seven years at this point. I remember our conversation of, like, you showing me, like, your storyboard and me being like, oh, here are these books that I read that help me, like, like the emotional wound th- thesaurus so you can, like, put yourself in the shoes of someone who's gone through, like, a carjacking or, like, something random that you you don't understand how someone would react and this book kind of lays it out. I remember yeah. sending you that and being like, I love this resource. I remember wanting to share all that with you. And yeah. that's what I remember being like almost a year ago. I don't remember the Instagram post. Like, I don't remember exactly when, but I remember when I remember recalling the Instagram post and being like, wow, I kind of want to be your friend. Hopefully she's still not in Colorado. Oh yeah. yeah. I think you might've actually asked me, are you still in Colorado? And I was like, Oh, nope, but I'm here. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because it's still said on your Facebook thing. like Yeah, I think it still does, actually. And what's funny is I never get... Wow, this could be, like, full circle. This could be, like, my, like, psychic whatever or, like, oh clairvoyance. Whoa. But I never got on Facebook. I just remember being bored. I think Instagram was down. And I was like, <laughs> I guess I'll just check Facebook. Like, I didn't even have the app on my phone. I was mm-hmm. on my laptop. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to get on there. And I got on, and that was, like, the first po- post I saw was... Oh, my gosh. Wow. Yeah. It all comes back together. Yeah. And then once we started to get to know each other, we had so much in common. Like, I am that person that in the middle of a movie, I'm like, I know that actor. And then I'll go on IMDb and, like, look up. And then I'm, like, 10 pages deep in IMDb looking at (laughs) trivia and stuff. And you're the same exact way. And it was just like, I was like, oh, my God, I'm not the weirdo. I'm not, like, the only person on earth that does this. I would be sitting with people, you know, just random like a friend or whatever and then i'd be like did you know this is and they had to film this and oh this is why the camera angle was like this because the camera (laughs) broke or whatever so that's why it's shot like it's like a handheld shot or whatever it is yeah um and they'd be like oh okay cool like they didn't really care and i could my family especially my dad my family they'll be like we don't know all these actors and i'm like okay i just i do i just wanted to tell you it's quiet like i thought we just saw a movie together yeah (laughs) i thought you might want to (laughs) know but yeah, so... I My family like- is the same way. Like, there was something... I think it was in Perks of Being a Wallflower. There was a scene where they're running up the uh, bleachers on their last day of school. Mm-hmm. And Mae Whitman was, like, deathly ill that day. So I was like, did you know that she was, like, deathly ill? She was, like, throwing up. And they were like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I was like, okay, I do. Sorry, I thought it was cool. <laughs> yeah, that's... We do... I remember we had so much in common that I was like... Am I going to have to lie to her and pretend like I don't feel the same way because I don't want her to think I'm lying? Like, yeah. So I remember at one point being like, she could 100% think I'm like a psycho. Like, no, everything feels very genuine from you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I think you're a very genuine person. Like, there's, there's like a, what is it? There's like a, almost like a tick with other people when you kind of can tell that they're bluffing or they're lying and they're like, oh my God, me too. And you're like, is it? But, like, every time you do that, I'm like, oh, my God, it's true. Oh, okay, cool. Because sometimes, back to the whole being raised in the Northeast, I feel like it makes me appear not as genuine. I, I don't know. Um, that might be it. That's my best guess. I've never sat anyone down and been like, why did you think I wasn't being genuine? But a lot of the times, someone will be like, oh, yeah, I thought you didn't actually like that dress on me or whatever. And I'd be like, oh, well, oh, I, I did. In the moment, <laughs> yeah, I, I was like, I, yeah, I did. Or, like, sometimes someone would give me a compliment and I'd be like, oh, thank you. And they'd be like, that didn't sound genuine. So, you know. I don't get that from you at all, so. I'm really glad. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's just because, like, I feel, like, so, like, 
similar to you. So I'm like, oh, like I can tell that when you're being genuine. Yeah. And I think you're being genuine all the time. Okay, cool. I can't think of a time when I was like, well, she didn't mean that. <laughs> like... <laughs> beautiful <laughs> oh yeah i've also written like five other screenplays now because of you giving me all that really yes wow you know okay so this is one thing i don't know if i've told you directly i feel like i mentioned it offhandedly like trying to not seem like it really genuinely bothered me <laughs> but like i can't for a while so i go through phases this is why i like audiobooks sometimes i can't just sit down and read because of my add sometimes mm-hmm. my medication doesn't even work so like i want to like sit down and read those screenplays but it's just so hard because like i can read a harry potter book and kind of half pay attention on accident because it's harry potter i've read it so many times i know it but like your screenplays it's like something totally original so like i feel like the only way i'm going to be able to read them is like if we sit down and like (laughs) read them together have a a, like line through of the script i would love honestly i would love that oh my gosh the one that is finished is probably on a different draft now I don't know what number I sent you, I but it's on nine. I remember you emailing them to me and me being like, okay, like, I'm going to read this. I remember, like, taking my Adderall being like, this is it. Like, drinking tea. Like, I'm, I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'm going to pay attention. And, like, I would try so hard and I couldn't. And You're actually, not to make, not a, not to make this guilt trip, but you're the, actually, like, besides Dax, obviously, you're, like, the one person that I want to read it because I, like, Aww. trust your opinion so much about it. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> wow, that warms my heart. <laughs> It's true. (laughs) Wow. Now I really want to sit down and read it with you. Oh, well, I have, like, I think I sent you maybe, like, six. Draft number six. It's on nine now, so. So it's completely different now. (laughs) It's whatever. What is your um, process of writing like? So it depends. So um, (laughs) everybody's like, I don't know. I If you looked at the notes app of my phone... Um, I found a way to kind of organize it a little bit where I'll put like concept at the top as the title. So I can just look up if I'm ever like, uh, if I'm ever bored and I just want to write something, I can search the word concept and it's like concept Mm -hmm. where this happens or whatever. Literally, Mm -hmm. I'll be watching a movie. I'll be watching a show. I'll be driving down the road and see a street name. And I'm like, I need to make a note of this. Like so many are in gibberish because I'll tell Siri to write it down because I'm driving. Yeah. And good for you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So um definitely random things i just have all these drafts of like um like just free writing like i'll write a chapter of a story that's not fleshed out Mm -hmm. like some characters don't even have names yeah like it's just in my favorite short story um i actually went back to something that was just like two sentences um just random things like that but actual books i'll i'll write um i used to have I used to do, I actually got the idea from Teen Wolf. I don't know why. I was watching it and, um, uh, if you've seen it, this, the basically the nerd boy of the show, Styles, um, he was like trying to solve crimes and he had like the string that he would put, um, he, on like a board of like connecting things, you know, typical yeah. crime, crime things. Yeah. Um, but he like had clipped something to one of the strings. And I was like, wow, I could do that, but I could do it, like, with note cards, and it could be, like, each scene. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that in your office. I was like, that is so cool. I used to use that, and then I found a way, a better way to do it, like, online, where you can actually create a board, and um, it's called Trello. I'll show it to you sometime. But (laughs) it was a lot more efficient because I was, like, running out of note cards, or I would, like, mess something up, or, like... I couldn't write small enough to write all the details that I needed. Mm -hmm. So um, I started using that to plot it out. But um, I read a book by Stephen King. Um, 
it's like Stephen King on writing or something. Mm-hmm. Basically, kind of like his process, I do that where he, you just run with the idea, you free write, you don't edit, you don't worry about anything like that. You just get it out there. You just even if it's gibberish later, like the important the important thing is that your thoughts are on the page, and yeah. then you flesh it out. That's what I do. Yeah, I love that Good. because like I'm definitely the person that. Especially when it comes to screenplays, because of the format that you're supposed to write screenplays in, I'm like, oh, I need to put this there and this there, and I need to format it right now. And then I just learn to just write it and then go back and format it or go back and do whatever. And then I also, I'm I'm the type of person that I'll see a scene, write it, and then see a scene that comes somewhat after it and write that, but I don't have the in-between. Mm-hmm. And so then I learn to like put brackets down and be like, this something along this line happens here and then just keep going. I use this thing called Scrivener. A lot of write- writers like it. It's like an organization thing. So you can create folders. So mm-hmm. it can be like act one, act two, act three or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then it can be like uh, scene one. And then you can go down and label like scene four. So, you know, like, oh, I'm going to open this up <laughs> so I can see you. <laughs> so, you know, um, it can be like, you know, oh, I forgot two and three. Um, I'll show you that sometime. But okay, cool. that's like the program that my dad that I've been with for a really long time that my dad I've heard of that before too I just yeah that's what I use but I totally do that too I'll be like wow I really don't want to write this one scene even though it's Mm -hmm. instrumental in um whatever I need to get to yeah the end yeah (laughs) Um, even though it has to be included sometimes I'll be like wow okay I'm really sometimes I just watched a Liam Neeson movie so I'm like okay I'm gonna write this one scene where there's a little bit of action it's just it depends on my mood yeah same so and it's really hard because sometimes you're like I really want to write it but I just like don't feel like I can write it right now like I don't know Mm -hmm. and there's like a Dax has said this quote a lot it's like there's no joy in writing but there is joy in having written Mm -hmm. and that's (laughs) I was like Yes, absolutely. That does make sense because even if, like, I remember specifically writing this one scene where I was like, I have to write this and I just feel like it's not, like, I feel like I I almost feel like it sucks. Like, I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. n- nothing I'm saying is gonna mean anything later yeah (laughs) and so i remember one time going back to a scene a significant scene that i remember feeling that way about that i wrote like two years ago on this book in this book i stopped writing Mm -hmm. and i remember being like wow i wrote that like i made a character say something i was like wow okay that's not like i had to google it and make sure that i didn't like to get it from somewhere else i was like wow okay so it's definitely like like in the moment you're so hard on yourself and then yeah for sure you like, but it feels better to know that, oh, wow, I wrote that down. And even if I don't use it for this book, I like that quote. I can yeah. use it somewhere else. And there are also times that you're like, I wrote that? Yeah. Like, Great. <laughs> Some, the, sometimes there's a sentence where I'm like, I don't even know what I was trying to write here. Yeah. <laughs> so I just get rid of it. Another thing, Dax, of course, again, he says that you have to give yourself permission to write something shitty. I remember. Yeah. I, and I really appreciate that because there are some times where I'm like, I know what the scene is supposed to look like. And I just need to write it and then go back and, like, perfect it later. Yeah. Like, it'll be like, hey, hi, what's up? Nothing much. How are you? And then I can go back and actually, like... I used to do that, too, like, with dialogue. Like, yeah. I would be like, okay, I want him to say something profound, but it's not. So I'll, like, put quotes and I'll put in brackets, like, something about this. Yeah. And then I can go back and add it later. Because yeah. sometimes you need to edit the scene, read it, and then be in the zone of, like, yeah. the scene. <laughs> um, one thing that I used to do 
um, back when I could freeload off my parents and use their printer ink and my dad would just think, oh, you know, we just ran out. (laughs) I would like put, so if I was like writing a scene in like San Francisco or like in an airport, I would like print something out and I would put it right in front of me in my desk. So I'd be like, oh, this is like the vibe. And so I would like put myself in that little world. But now obviously I have to pay for it. I use Pinterest for that. Same. I do too. Wow, I have little mood boards for yes. like my like what they. I keep them all secretive though, so yeah, if same. anybody wants to go look at them, you're not going to be able to. <laughs> same, same, because like you don't know what can be mis- misconstrued. Like yeah, and like <laughs> the things you have to Google sometimes. Like I had to write an overdose scene, yeah. and I was like, "What does an overdose look like?" And I was watching a bunch of YouTube videos of like body cams. See, and I can't stuff. do that. I cannot do that. My I I can read about it, but especially not with drugs. I don't know why I'm so triggered by drugs. Yeah, I think it goes back to my sister watching all these things what <laughs> did you see that car no he had like strobe lights in his car wow oh now i see it yeah <laughs> yeah there it goes so odd um but i think it goes back to my sister watching like these lifetime movies where like serious things happen and i'm mm-hmm. like a kid my sister is eight years older than me so she's like a teen and i'm like a little kid and she's watching things that scarred me yeah and um <laughs> so i think that's why i'm so sensitive to things like that mm-hmm. but definitely i'll like my worst fear is I Google some, like, how much, like, where do you, what's a place where you get stabbed where it's not fatal or something like that? And then yeah. my friend gets stabbed in the same place and my, I don't know, I'm a suspect. And then the police, like, look at my search history and they're like, <laughs> yes. wow, she's a psychopath. And I'm like, You're like, no, I'm not. I'm just a writer. I promise. Yeah. No, there have been some things that I've had to look up and I'm like, I should probably go incognito because, like, <laughs> this is questionable i should be doing that but i forgot i never do it so okay. <laughs> i'm always just googling i forgot it was a thing <laughs> yeah i always forget incognito is a thing i should probably use it more i'm like running out of light over here to look <laughs> didn't you struggle with writing a lot when you were younger so um i didn't struggle to come up with the ideas i struggled to make it readable for people um, um or legible mm-hmm. um a lot of undiagnosed re- uh learning disabilities came from my childhood. Um, I usually get emotional about it, so I'm going to keep it brief. But basically, (laughs) um, I had epilepsy, and that affected my brainwaves, obviously, because that's what epilepsy is. Um, And I did have a less severe form. Like, it came out of sleep. It's not like I was convulsing and stuff like that. So, Mm -hmm. But it was still serious. It was as serious as as another seizure, but I had less risks because, like, a lot of the times people... Um, people can bite a certain part of their tongue when they have a seizure or something like that. And it can Mm. really cause serious damage. Like I, I wasn't that, I would just stare. Yeah. So, um, I had that form of epilepsy and the medication I was on called, it caused like behavioral issues. Um, it could make you, uh, first of all, I had acne at like the age of eight, like, (laughs) like it caused some serious, serious obstacles. And I'm sure that contributed to it. Um, but also my brainwaves, like just the doctors that I saw as an adult, um, as I started to go into college and I realized I really needed help, they were like, yeah, anyone with brainwaves like this is going to have attention issues mixed with being on this medication, which by the way, they don't even give to people for epilepsy. They use it as a mood stabilizer. Um, Mm -hmm. if someone tried to like take their own life, like something that works really quickly. And I was on that from like five until 16. So also getting off of it caused other issues too, because my brain was dependent on a severe antidepressant. So that caused issues. And now I've kind of got a hold on it, but I couldn't read for a long time because of a lot of the issues of that 
came from having epilepsy and being on that certain kind of medication. Mm-hmm. Um, the environments I was in definitely didn't help. The teachers weren't equipped um, to handle it. Yeah. They weren't empathetic in the way that um, they should have been for a kid like popcorn reading, you know, where someone would call on other people. Like I mm-hmm. mentioned, some kids were mean and kids were like, wow, she she can't read. Let's call on her. Or like yeah. if it was a class where we would go like read one paragraph and then the kid behind you reads the next like mm-hmm. everyone would be like like people would audibly sigh when it came to me because i just couldn't do it so and no one did anything about it and yeah. the like my parents obviously didn't realize that's what it was and it got to the point to where i was there was a threat that i would be held back basically i think mm-hmm. it was i wouldn't go on to fourth grade or something yeah. it was this one teacher in particular that i was like like i a lot of my like anxious things come from that like that I carried throughout school came from this one teacher, mm. and um, say their name. <laughs> <laughs> um, Shout them out on here. <laughs> um, uh, she was a fellow redhead. I will say that, <laughs> of course. But um, I just remember her being like, "There's no way. Like she cannot read. Like there, there's no way that she's going to be able to make it to this one whatever, uh, this one milestone I had. It was specific to the state that I was in. Something yeah. I had to pass. And so stupid." This is actually where my love of reading came from as a, so their solution to me not being able to read was I had to read in silence for 45 minutes every single night. Um, the, re- the rest of the class got 20 minutes, but I got 45 minutes. Hmm, um, okay. yeah. So I had to read in silence for 45 minutes <laughs> every night and it was grueling. I would pretend to read. My yeah. mom would like ask me like, okay, what happened here? And it's Snow White. So I know the story of Snow White. So I can lie about it. Yeah. Uh, but my dad took me to Borders, RIP. It's out of business. Oh, he took yeah. me to Borders and he was like, what do you want to read? And literally no one had ever been like, what do you want to read? Like it was always whatever was assigned to me. Mm-hmm. So, um, me loving Harry Potter movies, I was like, I want to read Harry Potter. So um, I remember we would have reading time where um, the teacher would read Harry Potter aloud. Mm-hmm. And some kids could bring their books and read ahead, but I wasn't allowed to because it wasn't my reading level. So my dad was like, okay, well, I don't care that it's not your reading level. So he bought two of every book, uh, one for me and one for him because he traveled a lot. And over the phone, um, after he worked a long shift, mm-hmm. he would read he would help me read and he would actually like let me try to sound it out he wouldn't cut me off because he was impatient you know and i know kids can be annoying but like when a kid seriously has a problem don't be like don't be like it's this word like let them help them and um by the fourth book i could read it all on my own obviously you know, I would, I had trouble where I would like skip lines on accident, but then I would realize, oh, I skipped a line. Yeah. Um, and I would go back and, um, he actually bought me this tool where I could isolate one line and like move it down. I loved those things. Right. Yeah. Um, they really helped. Uh, and then I was on a normal reading level. And after that, it was like, I remember I would, uh, read things that I knew I had an interest in. So like Twilight was a thing. The mm. Vampire Diaries came on. So I would want more of the Vampire Diaries. So <laughs> yeah. I would get those books. And I remember it was like a big thing going to, after Barnes and Noble went out of business, going to, uh, not Barnes and Noble, Border, after Bar- after Borders went out of business, I remember it was like a big thing to go to Barnes and Noble and like pick out what book I could mm. read next. Yeah. And um, obviously, I don't know, it's like a widely known quote, but people who read are better writers and i think that that contributed to me being able to write better than i did before yeah and it's easy for somebody to say oh you couldn't read whatever like i it's a pretty big deal for a kid and also like when you're being 
threatened to like, oh, you're not going to go on to the next grade level. You're going to be stuck with the younger kids. Like, Mm -hmm. and it's like a thing you struggle with even now, right? Like you still struggle with like a, it's not something that just, oh, oh, I'm good now. Like I'm perfectly fine. Plus it wasn't, again, it wasn't a diagnosed learning disability. Um, Yeah. My parents weren't there. They weren't doctors. Even mm-hmm. then, and the teacher, you know, she had 30 other kids to worry about. So it was like, no one could be like, oh, maybe it's not like, maybe she has a little bit of dyslexia and a little bit of ADD. Like, it's there were signs of me fidgeting with things. Like, people kind of should have figured it out. Yeah. Uh, but they didn't, and that's fine. And I figured it out later. But, you know, that was the first time I'm, I remember being like... <laughs> like yeah um you yeah. said i wasn't gonna be here next year and here i am yeah, <laughs> so take that. i remember that parent teacher conference she's like wow you made such great progress and i want to be I, I remember at 10 years old wanting to be like yeah it's great when someone pays attention to you like <laughs> you should have i would have been grounded forever <laughs> yeah, you probably would have been <laughs> so yeah well good for you thank you yeah do you um do you find yourself still being like really sensitive about it even today, are you kind of just like, oh, that's something that I overcame? I think because kids were mean. Definitely as an adult going to therapy, um, mm-hmm. going to see a learning specialist so he could be like, yeah, this is what's wrong with you. Um, yeah. <laughs> like you're not crazy. Um, it made it a little bit easier to talk about. But I think getting into the specifics of like how it affected me and how it affected my confidence and like my self-esteem. Mm-hmm. Um, for a long time, I thought I wasn't smart. Yeah. Like I thought that I was just dumb. Um, and I think, you know, the kids audibly sang in class before when it was my turn to read, um, teachers made this one math teacher in in particular in high school, like, (laughs) (laughs) um, her last name is associated with a game we like to play. (laughs) Let's just say that. I don't know if you knew her. Oh, no, I didn't. You could probably, I just, it's easier to talk about now, but when I think about how stupid I thought I was for so many years, yeah, it makes me emotional because it's like, okay, so I'm not stupid. I just had this problem. And, and nobody gave me the time or energy. Yeah, yeah basically. So, and it's something that's, like, out of your control. It's like, you, it, even if you couldn't read, like, how is that, like, your problem, you know? I still... I still deal with it today. Like, if I didn't have that, I do think about it sometimes, too. Like, I feel like, wow, I could have been a lawyer like my father wanted. Like, I, like it takes me a while to think of things. I'm not as quick. Yeah. Uh, Sometimes I'm right on it. Sometimes I'm not. Like, I'm having a good day today. Like, um, (laughs) uh, sometimes it just doesn't come to me. Writing, reading. um, And that's okay. I know that it's, I know that it's because of the epilepsy, most likely. Mm -hmm. Um, And... I've accepted that. I used to be mad because I was like, wow, people um, people let me be on this one medication for, like, my whole life and no one thought this might cause these issues. Yeah. And I used to be, like, really mad about it. I used to be mad at my mom and my dad. And then I was like, they're not doctors. They're not going to look it up. They just know yeah. it prevented me from having seizures. So it used to be a lot more emotional. But now I've kind of worked through it. Yeah. Those brain medicines are, like, really hardcore because I was on an anti-seizure medication for my migraines Mm -hmm. and i remember being like the kid that could remember literally everything like i could be like oh this happened at this time on this day and i was wearing this and you were wearing that but after like i was on it for like four or five years and after that my memory was just gone like i couldn't remember a lot of stuff so you get it like yeah so the things that i do remember i'm not saying i have like gaps that i don't remember but 
sometimes I'll be talking about a certain day. Like if we went to some restaurant on a road trip or whatever, very specific day. And my, I would recall it one way and my parents would be like, yeah, no, that is not how that went at all. Like you were spaced out. Like my gosh. Yeah. I was so delayed on it too. Like somebody would ask me a question and take me a few seconds to answer. And Mm -hmm. I remember like sitting at a dinner table and I was talking about something and then I slowly just kind of like went off and then I realized it and I was like, I need to get off this medication because I think that's what's causing this. Oh, so it was scary. So I can only imagine being on it for that long. I wasn't even really aware of the impact that it had on my brain, on my moods, on my body, anything like that until I was like 17 or 18 and I started going to therapy and they were Mm -hmm. like, I remember my doctor being, um, I gave her a list of medications that I had been on in my life. Like she, she asked me, is there anything wrong for a long time? And then she looked at the medication. She's like, Oh my gosh, they don't even use this for that anymore. Cause um, her husband was actually a psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. So she was familiar with some medications and she was like, yeah, uh, uh-uh. like you were on it for this long. And I did move around a lot. I think that was a contributing factor. Yeah. And, uh, and obviously the studies weren't as advanced as they are now when I was a mm-hmm. kid. So, um, like I had my first seizure in like 2004, 2003, I think. Mm-hmm. So, Obviously, they couldn't have known then yeah. what they know now. Um, and hopefully kids that are like you now have more resources to overcome everything now. Yeah, they didn't even know what kind of epilepsy I had until I was like, I think, eight or nine. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's crazy. Yep. I can't believe you're actually drinking that water I'm, right now. It's like just enough to like... To not clear. Yeah, to not like, to actually enjoy it. To like wet my whistle. Another thing that we bond over, we are, I already touched on this, but is movies. Mm-hmm. Like we both are very big cinephiles. And not to the point that we just like love watching movies, but like love watching the movies and then going on IMDb and then going through the trivia and like knowing that that actor was in this movie and they did this and that and that. What I like about you is I think you're like me in the sense that Twin if you, if, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you leave a movie, we haven't seen a lot of movies together in theaters. Um, no, thanks so, COVID. <laughs> yeah. But I remember so many times going to see movies with people and them leaving and being like, wow, that sucked. And it, I feel like you've never just dismissed it. I was talking about this the other day. I don't think there's a movie that I don't like. Like even the movies that I'm like, I can, like, appreciate them for what they are. You can find, like, a little bit of... So you could be like, okay, so maybe there were plot holes, but, like, this was still enjoyable. Yeah. I feel like that goes back to what I was saying about people just, like, reducing something that someone wrote. Like, someone cared yeah, about exactly. this. And um, I feel like you find the good in it, and you realize it's more than just something that you watch once and then forget yeah. about. Like, it's, a, it's an art form, and I feel like a lot of people are kind of like, okay, it's not I that serious. I hated that movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hate going on Letterboxd and seeing people, like, totally just, like, destroy a movie. I'm like, did you even watch it? Like, mm-hmm. they're like, this movie was better. I'm like, okay, but this movie is not that movie, so. One thing that we don't have in common is I'm, like, obsessed with, like, comic books and comic yeah. movies. I always have been. Like, my dad... From day one, like, he did not want to have to watch all these Disney movies with my sister. And I was the last kid. (laughs) Yeah. I was the last one. And he didn't get a boy. So he was like, okay, like. (laughs) You're going to have to. Sorry. (laughs) So, like, I didn't watch a lot of Disney movies growing up. It was, like, Justice League, the animated series. So he instilled that in me, too. And I view them as, like, some people think, you know, like, 
they didn't win awards until like Heath Ledger died. Like, mm-hmm. like peop- no one cared. Yeah. And so I think oh, people taking them a little bit. Exactly. Same. <laughs> yes. I think people take them a little more seriously. And that's the one thing we don't have in common is the whole superhero thing. What was I, I going to say? I appreciate superhero movies. I've only seen a few of them. I've seen, I, I've seen a few of the Iron Mans. I've seen one of the Avengers and I saw Suicide Squad. And I, that is my least favorite movie in the world. And I think it's because the I studio. hadn't. Oh, never mind. No, I think <laughs> no, I think it's because one of my ex best friends was obsessed with Harley Quinn to the oh. point that she had like the outfit. She had two boyfriends that have Joker tattoos on them. Guys so it who was are really of, into the Joker are yeah yeah. <laughs> have you seen that car? Or maybe not. There's a car driving around Rose City. No. And it's all Harley Quinn. And it says like "Daddy's Little Monster" on the back. I was like, Please. "That's from that's from like Margot Robbie's portrayal of yeah of Harley I Quinn." I feel like if I rewatched it now, I might appreciate it more. That is the movie that I don't like. There was a lot of like reshoots, and it wasn't the it wasn't what it was supposed to be, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I remember why I was going to say that. So um, that's one thing when people are like, "This movie's better than this one." People wanted Justice League to be like the mcu 10 years in so badly Mm -hmm. and that's something that irritated me that i call them the general population and i know that makes me sound kind of like pretentious (laughs) yeah but like people who aren't into movies like they don't see like 10 years of origin stories and you can't expect that in two movies from like sorry you just can't from something that's just being built up and that's something that really frustrates me but if you want to, like, you know, Christopher Nolan is, I think he's my all-time favorite director. Like, he has to be. Mm-hmm. Um, he did a great Batman portrayal. Um, there are some things that I don't, some like Ben Affleck, I favor him over other ones because mm-hmm. to me, it's like watching a comic book in real life. Oh, okay. um, and he, to me, is like the Bruce Wayne. I don't know. That's just me. Um, <laughs> just my opinion. <laughs> um, but like, if you want to look at it, if you want it to be like a truly like if you watch if you watch like Batman Begins and Chris Nolan's trilogy and then you go and you watch like Green Lantern, like you can tell it's very, very different. Like there's a touch of Christopher Nolan and there's like good, good storytelling. Yeah. <laughs> in a non articulate way to say it. Um, but there are some superhero movies that are gonna be more profound than others, like mm-hmm. Chris Nolan's Batman versus like Suicide Squad. And yeah. sometimes that's not the director's fault. Or writer's fault. You're right. I think that's yeah. the thing about you, too. I don't think I've ever heard you say, I don't like that movie. Yeah. There are some movies where there are times that I'm like, I have to get through no, this one No, I part. lied. There is one movie that I don't like, and it's all the right places. <laughs> oh, <laughs> don't I, come at me. I was very underwhelmed with that. Um, yeah. I mean, they did give good performances. I can, I can appreciate that. Yeah, I didn't like the story. And I'm also very biased, because I read that book 17 times. So mm-hmm. I was, like, really hyped up for it. But whatever, it's fine. I also know that if I ever wanted to be like, hey, can I have an education in superheroes? You'd be like the first one I'd go to. Because I would like, I would like preface it. I would be like, okay, so this is a masterpiece. Or like, okay, so like there was drama with this actor. So like it (laughs) should have been this, but it was really this, but they couldn't say that. So (laughs) yeah, I saw one movie with Uma Thurman. As Poison Ivy? Yes. Yeah, th- that, okay, so some people consider that a mess, and that's okay. <laughs> that's, um, that's fine. <laughs> uh, those are the Batman movies that I grew up on. Like, I was mm-hmm. her so many times for Halloween. I could see that. Yeah, actually, like, I had yeah. the little, like, the little horns, I guess. I love They that. made with her hair. Um, those are, those can be a mess, but they, 
that was that was what they had back then. Yeah. And like if you look, there are redeeming things, like the set designs. Like mm-hmm. I was watching behind the scenes how they did it. Like oh, it's crazy. Like their vision of Gotham, because Gotham is like this horrible like if gotham were real it would be the worst city in the world like (laughs) it would be the worst place and just what they built out of it it was just so great i love listening to you watch about or talk about superheroes because i'm like sitting here like i have no idea what you're talking about but i can see how passionate and how much you love it (laughs) i think there was one instance where all of my knowledge could like really be put to the test and i was like okay this is my argument and this is my stance and it was at a game night where we were like okay are you team cap or are you team iron man in civil war which if you ever if you ever want to watch them you'll understand (laughs) yeah but basically one wanted to side with the government and then one was like no we can't become government pawns as superheroes Mm -hmm. and there were strong opinions, and I was like, wow, I've had all this stuff in my brain, and I've never had a reason to use it until now. Until right now. <laughs> right now is my moment. Yeah, and one person who was not in a comic book, literally, she was like, okay, I'm just going to go. Like, can I go make something in the kitchen? Like, can I go, <laughs> yeah, can I go make food? I'd be like, I have no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> and the next weekend at game night, like, we had brought a new person in, and <laughs> one of the guys that was part of the debate, he was like, we got one question for you. This is the make or break. Are you... <laughs> Whose team are you on? And, and people were like, no, we're not doing this again. Please. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think you, there are like extreme comic book fans who were like, well, actually, in the seven, uh, in the 1978 <laughs> com- like version, it's this. And I- I'm not that person because I don't know everything. I know yeah. what I've read. I know what I've seen. And I know the behind the scenes things. And I really enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, like, the psychology of certain superheroes, and sometimes it's done really well, and sometimes it isn't done well at all. Like, if you want a good series, Daredevil on Netflix, they did so well. They were leading up to Matt Murdock's, like, his finest moments, I guess. Mm -hmm. Or not his finest moments, but the most profound storylines. They were clearly leading to it. And then Disney bought Marvel, and so... there went that. But if you ever watch that... (laughs) That's a prime example. Do you remember what the first movie we watched was? Oh my gosh. Here's my memory problems. I want to say one of the early ones we watched was Without a Paddle because I hadn't seen it. And you and your Doc Shepard. Oh, yes. <laughs> you were like, you have to watch it. I think um, I think my memory says it was Booksmart because I was on a Booksmart kick at the time and I loved it. But I also remember watching. Did we watch Mike and Dave? We haven't watched that together, no. Okay. Was it Bridesmaids? Maybe. Uh, we should know this. We're so in a <laughs> Oh, movies. my God. Well, how do we not know this? I know. Whatever it was, it was what you had on DVD. I can name the movies that we have watched together. We watched The Hangover multiple times. Mo- all three of them multiple <laughs> times. <laughs> yes. <It's> like... <laughs> um, <laughs> um, we've watched Knives Out. I remember that. I um, remember being like, oh, my God, this is so good. And then I remember reading the reviews, and that was one where I was so disheartened because I was like, you can look at this and not, like, associate it with politics. But so many old people... So many old people were like, of course it's the illegal in there. I was like, shut the fuck like, up. They're like, this is trash. This is all this is all political. I, I'm not giving into their agenda. And I'm like, well, you gave like, them your money already. Yeah, so. you watched it. So, uh... Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember... Our original plan was to watch the Twilight movies together. Mm-hmm. That was our plan to hang out for the first time. And oh, then right. we went to the football game and came back, and then it was too late, and we were like, never mind, we're not yeah. going to watch it. 
And then we didn't watch them all together until actually recently, so... Oh, yeah, we did. Yeah. Yeah. And then I remember okay. watching Booksmart because I was on a kick and I watched Booksmart every single day of my life multiple times a day. too. And then... Without a paddle. Yeah. You did watch some Arrested Development, which warms my heart. I yes, love I Arrested Development. I still need to watch it. I still need to watch it. It's... I just love it. And the first few scenes of Shit's Creek, I was like, is this Arrested Development? <laughs> One cool thing about Arrested Development is the guys who did that show, their brother, director, duo, I, how do you say that? A director duo that's made up of two brothers. <laughs> yeah. They did, like, um, some of what people considered the best films in the MCU. So, like, they were, so, like, the big finales who? you've probably heard about the MCU. Oh, the Marvel no, movies? No, who are Oh, they? the Russo brothers. John oh, okay. Anthony Russo. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, they, they, there was like this one scene where they, never mind, that's kind of a spoiler for Arrested Development, so I won't say it. Don't but, tell me, don't yeah. tell me. I need to watch it. I'm, I think I'm on like episode, like the 10th episode. It's so good. I yeah. love it. It's so good. I just love Jason Bateman and Will Arnett and them together. Oh my God, Smartless is so good. I know. It just warms my heart to listen to it. And then Sean Hayes on top of that, I'm like, oh my, my God. My favorite episode is the Robert Downey Jr. episode. Yeah, that was I just, a good one. like, Melissa McCarthy's was good. Maya Rudolph, obviously Dax's was yeah. good. And they just had, um, what's her nuts on it? Jennifer Aniston. I remember you texted me that. I was like, you need to catch up. <laughs> oh my God. They're, it's so good. Okay. So I was on a book smart kick and then we took a quiz and we ended up being both. I was, I was Molly and you were Amy or vice versa. No, I was Molly and you were Amy. I forget their names. I was, I was Caitlin. Yeah. Okay. okay yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was Molly. You were Amy. That's funny that we remember the actors more. Yeah. Than <laughs> yeah. And I was like, this is meant to be the star-crossed lovers here. And then you gave me my favorite gift ever. Oh, yeah. The picture. Yeah. <laughs> the picture of us. I, got, I took the Booksmart poster and cropped our faces on me as Molly and you as Amy. Mm -hmm. And then put Malala. And then gave it to you. For it's cute. Yeah. Your name in my phone is Malala. Really? Every time it, yeah, every time Cute. it comes up, my mom's like, who? I'm like, I've told you this a million times, it's Emma. You're Taylor Shepard. Oh my god, we... <laughs> I thought about putting yours as, like, something to do with the hangover, but then I was like, I like Malala too much. <laughs> I remember I had only seen the first hangover, and then... Or no, I had watched it for the first time because it was on Netflix, and I think I remember telling you, this is so fucking funny. And then you brought, because you had the trilogy all in one. Mm -hmm. So you brought that, and then we would watch each of them. I mean, the mythology. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, just the universe, if you will, of The yeah. Hangover is just so funny. And Zach Galifianakis just has so this way. fucking funny. And just all of their dynamics together. I mean, Bradley Cooper, you don't see him in a lot of comedies. It's just... He's so funny. Ed Helms. I love Ed Helms. That's I mean, like his, my, my favorite performance of Ed Helms is in The Hangover. Yeah. I just, like, I've never seen Ed Helms, Ed Helms in something. Even, uh, the, the reboot of, well, not the reboot, but the newest vacation movie. Yeah. Not a lot of people liked that, but I was like, hey, great performance either way. Yeah. <laughs> like, I saw him in We're the Millers and I was like, he's kind of creepy, but then I watched yeah. him in The Hangover and I loved him. <laughs> What's your favorite line from that movie? The Hangover? Yes. Um, <laughs> The whole trilogy? <laughs> we'll just go with the first one. Okay. Right <laughs> when they, <laughs> when um, they, they leave the chapel after they're attacked. Yeah. And they, I knew exactly what you were going to say. Kellevinakis is like, hey, there's a baby on board. <laughs> my favorite line is the Zach Galifianakis line, too. It's when he's like, Ed Helms is like, I gave her my grandmother's Holocaust <laughs> ring. And Zach Galifianakis says, I didn't know they gave up rings at the Holocaust. <laughs> 
just the way he says it. How matter of fact, he's like, huh. Wow. Like, he's so huh. gullible. <laughs> I can't remember the second movie that much. Oh, I love the car chase scene when he's like, um, <laughs> what, what did he say? He told me a story where so, someone, like, one of your mom's friends who was, like, grieving said, said she threw this in there and you laughed. And it was like, they gave you a look like, why would you laugh? I forget what it was. Oh, I am at my wit's end. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That is so funny. Like, I during a car chase, like, someone shot out the back window or something, and Zach Galifianakis was like, yeah. hey, I'm at my wit's end. <laughs> and then, I don't, the, oh, no, this is still the second one, where he, like, throws the anchor off of the boat. That made you laugh so hard. Because I had never seen it before, and it's just, like, the subtlety, and he does it with such conviction, and, like, Bradley Cooper's reaction, like, man, you don't need that. Like, just, it's so, it's, like, it's unspoken, but it's hilarious, and it's just comedic gold. They're I love it. so funny. And then I watched Due Date because of The Hangover. I had never seen it, and I laughed my fucking ass off. That's another movie. thing where, like, Robert Downey Jr., well, I feel like people do appreciate it because him, like, bringing Tony Stark to life. He has this subtlety of, like, he's a jerk but he's also funny when he does it so yeah. like you can't hate him even though he's being the worst human being like he spits on a dog in due date and you still like his character oh my god yeah and then he's like oh, i have never in all my 23 years <laughs> but it also makes up because you love superhero movies and i love musicals but it's kind of swapped because you like like, you've never watched a musical with me, and I don't expect you yeah, to. Yeah, I have. The Greatest Showman. Although, I will say, it's because I've only really seen Hugh Jackman as the Wolverine. Oh, so I was like, of course. I, I was like, okay, like, why not? Sure, it's yeah. fine. <laughs> Plus, I mean, there was that whole, like, Zac Efron, like, hyping up Zendaya's performance, and I was like, I have to see this. Yes, of course. Zendaya. Queen Zendaya. I literally put, hey, there's a baby. <laughs> oh, what do you think is your like all-time favorite movie? Inception, definitely. Okay, like I've thought about it. Definitely Inception, just because that was not only because it's like a masterpiece, but it's the movie that made me lo- like I loved movies. But it's the movie where I think I had I I thought Tom Hardy was I think Logan Marshall Green or something in the movie, mm-hmm. and I wanted to know like. I don't know why I wanted to know if it was him or the person that my sister said it was. Wait, it was the other way around. She, she said Tom Hardy and I was like, it's Logan Marshall Green. And she's like, who is that? And then I think I Googled it. And then that's when I found IMDb. And, um, I remember just reading the trivia and being like, whoa, they know all these things and figuring yeah. out, oh my gosh, this is the guy that did that man. And, you know, just that's the best when you make those yeah. connections. You're like, yeah. I or whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh, here we go. Safety alert near far north, da- north Dallas. There are reports of a residential burglary. Oh, at least it's not a stabbing this time. Oh, yes. <laughs> Love, <nice>. that. <laughs> Love that. Love <laughs> that. Uh, we both struggled a lot with our mental health, too, which is, a- is another thing we connected on. We're like, oh, yeah, movies. Oh, yeah, writing. Uh, mental health. <laughs> Great. <laughs> when did you reach a point where you were like, okay, something's up here. Like, I feel like I should seek help, like, go to therapy or was it something that was forced on you? It definitely wasn't forced. Um, I remember being surprised when my dad was like, do you want to talk to someone about it? Because in my family, we didn't really talk about, we're just not very expressive people. Like mm-hmm. when we get good news, we're not like, oh my God, like screaming. We're like, we're like, oh, great. And then we don't seem genuine because we're like, oh, but we just weren't, we just weren't very showy with our feelings. Mm-hmm. And I remember I had gotten off the epilepsy medication that I mentioned and, um, uh, definitely I felt a shift, but I didn't notice it until I looked back more. Um, 
I remember it was just like fighting with my mom every day, sleeping all the time, um, not getting good grades in school, really struggling. And it got to a point where it was like every single day, it was like a big argument about looking back. I don't even know what, just little things. Mm -hmm. And then I remember my dad was like, we can't go on like this. Like, do do you want to see someone? And I was like, I remember being like, well, I would love to. I didn't know that sure. was an option. Yeah. And when he suggested that, I felt like it was going to get better. And obviously it gets worse before it gets better sometimes. Yeah, for sure. Um, and yeah, just talking about things I, I didn't even realize I did about myself. It definitely made me a better person mm-hmm. or things I didn't even realize I did sometimes. It made yeah. me a better person. Um, I, like I would, I, it gave me like new, it gave me, insight i guess mm-hmm. i could look at situations through different lenses and be like wow okay that's why this that's why that happened yeah because <laughs> i responded this way and it definitely promoted better friendships in my life it took a few years to get there um to get there for sure uh like i said i really i feel like my peak when i really was like wow okay so not going back to toxic people and believing that they've changed after mm-hmm. being apart for two months mm-hmm. um I think the peak was like right before I reached out to you. Um, and I was like, wow, I, I want some good friends, but I don't know where to find them. Yeah. And yeah, I think a lot of the depression that I had first, I thought I could fix it on my own. And then I got, I did further testing and I was like, wow. Okay. So the epilepsy medication really did affect the chemical levels in my brain. Mm-hmm. So before it was like, I was horrified to be on medication. And there was a point where doctors were pushing it on me. They were like, okay, well, Oh, this makes you drowsy. Take this. And then, Oh, this makes you dizzy. Take this. Mm-hmm. So I got off of all that. And now it's just, I have a little help from an antidepressant and I'm not, you know, if someone asked me about it, I wouldn't be like, no, I'm not like try to hide it. Yeah. Um, it's something that I'm glad I know about. And I'm glad that if anyone ever needed to talk about it, I could help. Yeah. I personally, I put off therapy for so long. I was like, I don't need therapy. I don't want to talk to somebody like I can do this on my own or like therapy. Like I, I think my family was kind of the same way. Just like you don't talk about things. And I feel like that really made me feel like I couldn't talk about things with anybody. Mm -hmm. And also just like, Personally, I didn't want to break my mom's heart by being like, hey, I'm depressed and I want to go see a therapist. But then there reached a point where I was like, I need to because, like, things are not going good right now. Mm -hmm. So I definitely, like, I don't know. I just, like, am thankful that I did go to therapy for a while when I could afford it, you know, when I had Mm -hmm. insurance. (laughs) But, like, did, um, did therapy help with your learning disability at all? Um, it definitely... Like, I remember my therapist being like, okay, so you try in school, but why, why, why have you failed every math class? Like, what, like, what is it? And, uh, she was like, I want to do some tests. And she did some older tests. She said, I'm not like a professional, but let's just see. And then, um, if you show signs, you can go and I'll refer you to someone. Mm -hmm. And I remember she's like, well, you definitely have ADD. And it was more than just, I, I don't have ADHD where it's like you have the hyperactivity. I just have attention issues. And, um, that's like a broad way of describing it. But mm-hmm. I remember she was like, she was like, you definitely have it. And like you, uh, your poor time management, just all these random things. She was like, all of this, you, like your spending issues, like not realizing how much money you spend. She's like, these are all signs of ADD. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, Initially, I was like, okay, I know I have it. But then later, I was like, okay, I'll get on some medication. There was, there's a, 
I'm not saying the people closest to me, but there are some people on both sides of my family who have struggled with addiction. And I do believe that it can be, um, it can be hereditary kind of sometimes. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I didn't want to put that theory to the test initially. So I was like, okay, I don't want to do this because I know Adderall can be addictive. And, um, so I kind of started small and I just made sure that I wasn't going to become dependent on it. But once I kind of accepted it, yeah, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) once I kind of accepted it, I was, I was fine. It's really hard to like, I think it's easy for me to get on here and talk about things that I don't, that are, like, I struggle with, but I, like, have gotten kind of, like, over them. Mm -hmm. But it's harder to talk about the things that you're still struggling with. And one of those for me is, like, because you wrote this down, so I was like, oh, my God, me too. Um, I'm such an independent person. Like, I just kind of get to the point that I'm, like... I don't know, like, I have the, I have a tendency to just, like, build up walls and be like, all right, I'm good. And so, like, I was like, oh, I guess I could use a friend, I guess. So then I was like, oh, I'll hang out with Emma, it's fine, <laughs> like, it's whatever. And, but I think people think that that's a good thing to be so independent. And, like, of course it is, like, you don't have to rely on anybody. But there does come a point where you're kind of, like, too independent, I guess. And that can be, like, a downfall for you. Like, an example for me is that I, I told you about this, but I have a friend and we went and did something together and I found out that he lied to me and it wasn't just like a, like, small lie. It was a pretty big lie. And so it's easy for me to be like, all right, I don't need you anymore. Like, I'm like, I'm good by myself. Mm -hmm. And I realize that that is definitely an issue. Um, I forget where I read that, but definitely, um, I remember... I remember realizing it short, like a very short period of time before you, before you sent me like those questions. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it comes from like a long-term toxic friendship that I had, um, in high school. And I think a lot of something really traumatic that happened to me in the eighth grade, right before I moved here. Um, I think along with experiences, past experiences with men. Mm. Um, uh, just, I think that I found it easier to be there for myself because I knew that I knew that I wasn't going to let myself down. I knew that if I was going to watch a movie later that night and I was going to make popcorn, then (laughs) I was going to be there. I was going to make the popcorn and I was going to watch the movie. I didn't have to rely on someone else to be there to do that with me. Yeah. Um, I think, Maybe I, not to be like depressing or, or like be like, oh, give me that in. But I think it stems from being let down a lot, moving yeah. around, moving from place to place. Everyone has that friend that they've had their whole lives that they, that they consider their all time best friend. I've never had that because I moved around so much. Yeah. And we're not particularly close with extended family. You know, we only see them a few times a year. So all my cousins are so much older than me. Mm-hmm. And then the ones, and then their kids are so much younger than me. So I never had like a, a best friend yeah. and I resented that for a long time. Cause it was like, when someone's going to put me first, I'll just put yeah. myself first. Yeah. You know, like I've got my dog and I don't need anything else. And for, <laughs> yeah. And for a long time it was like, okay, well, if you're not going to try, then neither am I. Yeah. And it got to a point because before that it was like, 
I would make excuses for friends. I would go out of my way. I would go like above and beyond and put so much into a friendship and I wouldn't get anything out of it. And, um, for a while it would happen with relationships too. And then I would be like, okay, wow, they are not worth my time. And it was a lot easier to cut off relationships than friendships. Yeah. Um, and I still to this day, some, like, I kind of have like a, okay, <laughs> like some guys come on, like, I feel like I can see an act that a guy is putting on, even if it's just a little bit to like impress me, I'm kind of like, yeah. oh, okay, like, like whatever. Right, yeah. <laughs> and then I'm, that turns me off to them. Like maybe yeah. it's not being authentic. I, I don't know. Um, but definitely like with relationships, it's hard to date me because like once you date me, it's great because like I've gone to therapy. I've worked on myself. Okay. Yeah, like I like, can trust me. Anybody listening, like I'm great, but like... <laughs> <laughs> that is the reason that I went to therapy because I wanted to be a better friend and a better, like a better wife for whoever I'm going to be married to later and a better mother yeah. for my children. Um, I wanted to learn those tools and I have, and I feel like that definitely like I think ahead now when getting into a friendship or into mm -hmm. a relationship with someone and, um, I'm just more cautious and yeah. I definitely had to like remind myself, okay, just because this person didn't answer their phone and totally blew me off. It doesn't mean they're a horrible person. They're probably just going through something. Yeah. Um, but I'm not going to go out of my way for that person after that. I'm going to kind of remember, I'm not going to remind them, but in the back of my mind, I'm going to be like, okay. Yeah. I feel that because I was telling my mom this the other day when I was blown off at somebody's birthday dinner um, I was like, I feel like I go 150% for everybody, but I only get like 50% from a lot of other people. And so like, it just feels better to just like, be alone and like, like, oh, they say they're going to meet me, but are they really like, mm -hmm. I'll just be prepared. Yeah. But then there's that fine line of like, now you're just cutting everybody off. Mm -hmm. And of course, like, don't let people walk all over you, but also got to stay opened up. Yeah. I think when you told me, when you opened up about the friend that you mentioned who told the really big lie and kind of let you down, mm -hmm. I just remember being like, oh my gosh, I really hope that like she doesn't do what I do. And yeah. that's why I kind of texted, I don't remember what I said, but I remember being really careful about what I said because I didn't want you to think that I was like, well, don't go cutting people off. <laughs> like, right. telling you what to do. But I was like really worried that maybe it's selfish of me, but I was really worried that you were afraid you were going to question like every friendship and think that maybe I would do something like that to you. Right. And so I really wanted you to not you know, your other relationships to be fine. And especially our relationship because they really love us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I just remember being like, oh my God, I hope she doesn't retreat like I, like I sometimes do. Yeah. I'm definitely, there's like that, uh, fight or flight and I'm definitely always the flighter. Like I will always be like, all right, bye. Cool. Um, sometimes, well, I feel like before I was a fight to like, I, I was fight to not a good extent. Cause I would be like, no, please. Like we can, Oh, I know they'll change or, oh, if yeah. I just did this, then I would be more enticing and then they would yeah. want to spend all their time with me. Oh my me. God. Yes. I feel that. You're always like, if I just like change myself just a little bit, they'll want me more and it doesn't work that or way. Or sometimes I would like downplay anything I did. Like it would be like, I would want to do this extravagant thing for someone's birthday. And then like my birthday would come around and they wouldn't even like buy me a present or like make me. It's not even like the fact of like, oh, they didn't buy me an expensive gift or just like they didn't. Put like, in any effort I don't at all. care if you write a cute little card. Like, I have a little keepsake box. Fun fact, it's Twilight. <laughs> it's a little... Of course. <laughs> because it's like, <laughs> I got it for Christmas one year, and that's just where I put all my... Like, I save every card anyone gives me. Yeah. And I put it in that little box. And I love cards. And it's just... 
the little bit of effort that they don't put in. But I'm like, wow. Like, they wouldn't do a fraction for... (laughs) They... There's a... How do you say it? (laughs) Like, they wouldn't put in the fraction of effort that I would put in for them. Okay. I feel like that's still not articulate, but whatever. You get what you're saying. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I definitely feel that. And it's like, I'm the same way. Like, I've been through so many different... Not really, like, relationships like a boyfriend, but just, like, relationships and friendships and people in my family who have let me down. So now I just feel like I got to just be on my own and, like, not let anybody in. But, like, not to be, like, the, like, mysterious girl who doesn't, like, let anybody in. <laughs> like, that's how it feels sometimes. And I think I've realized that, I like, it's hard to be that way because then you're like, oh, shit, I'm alone and I don't have anybody. But, like... <laughs> I feel like... I still kind of put myself out there and I do at the same time, I do risk repeating old patterns of putting too much in and getting very little and just accepting that. Mm -hmm. Um, because I was bullied growing up, moving around a lot. My face was red. I had freckles. I had red hair. I had boobs before everybody else did. And (laughs) fun fact, a lot of people think, Oh great, cool. Like I'm sure you made, you were so desirable because of that. Yeah. And you're like, no, everybody else is flat. And I'm like sitting here like in a bra. Exactly. Like, um, not fun. Uh, so I, and plus I did have a, a big personality. I was a little bit dramatic, you know, <laughs> just a little bit. Um, <laughs> like I'm shocked I didn't become a theater kid. Um, oh God, you should have, we I, really would have been friends. Yeah. <laughs> like if I wasn't so insecure, <laughs> like, um, I definitely would have, but I went the yearbook route. Um, but, um, I feel like moving around a lot, getting bullied gave me a thick skin. So yeah, I do get hurt really easily, but I find ways to get over it. Like Mm -hmm. I'm very good at coping with that. So I'd rather put myself out there and get hurt than not put myself out there at all. And that's with friendships. That is not with relationships. (laughs) Let me tell you. (laughs) I'm very very much like, oh, okay. I think there's this one person that I kept coming back to. I kept letting them, I kept letting them be like, oh no, trust me. Like I learned and then he, like, oh, left me at a concert with his friends in Deep Elm. And I was like, wow, I'm never talking to that guy again. And then I did it any- I did anyway, yeah. like, a year later. And then, um, yeah, eventually I finally cut him off. But that was, like, the one relationship in my adult life where I was like, wow, I cannot. Like, I look back and I'm like, wow, I cannot believe I let someone treat me like that. That's how I feel about my ex. <laughs> I refer to them as this person. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel about them. Like, I look back and I see tweets or something or, like old screenshots i'm like why did i let them do that so many times definitely you know the my in my <laughs> the villain in my story i guess is you know <laughs> yeah. you know who i'm talking about yes i know who you're talking about um not to the same extent of what that person did to you but this person for me manipulated me not the same this person a different, <laughs> different my, this per- my version <laughs> my version of this person <laughs> she manipulated me in a lot like very subtle ways and in the moment i was just like oh okay like uh, like whatever and looking back i was like wow i was so manipulated and i literally had no idea and yeah i think it helped a lot to finally just be like whatever like one year we got into this big fight on my birthday because i was standing up for myself and basically she hurried to message all of my friends and lie all of my other friends and basically lie saying that i was lying when i was the one trying to get the truth out and not have to lie to people because I was Why being forced to lie about things. Why do people always do shit to 
you on your birthday. Like, yeah, that's awful. I have no idea. I've had but... multiple things happen to me on my birthday. I'm like, why today? Like, why not tomorrow? Like, I, what? I have no idea. I thought it was the time of year that my birthday was, but other people have said things like this. So I was like, so it's not just me. But yeah. <laughs> I just remember there was one person who's still my best friend to this day who he was like, yeah, this person messaged me and they were like trying to hang out with me. And that never happened. And I knew what happened between you guys. So I knew that they were just manipulating me. Yeah. But definitely, I think you grow from those things and you can be a bigger person. Yeah. And sure. like, they're still and it posting. feels much better. In the long run, it feels much better to be the big person. Because in the time you're like, I guess I just will suck it up or whatever. I'll just be the bigger person. But now looking back, I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty glad that I chose to be the bigger person there. Yeah, and it's when someone sends a screenshot to you of them clearly talking about you. Mm-hmm. And you're like, you're still on this after like four years? Like, yeah, like I don't even think about you anymore. It like, makes me feel so much better where I'm like, wow, okay, I yeah. haven't indirected them or anything. Yeah. Like, I haven't done anything like that. And they're still doing that to me. And I'm like, wow, like, do you not have any other, th- there's no hobby or something that yeah. you can do. And I think about that a lot. And, um, like, I'm like, that really shows, I think, growth because yeah. I, I worked on myself. I was also at fault in those situations. I didn't manipulate anybody, but I, you know, I didn't react the best sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I think you grow from definitely you learn the type of person. Now I can spot versions of the people we're talking about i can spot them from Spidey a mile senses, away yeah yeah and i'm like wow okay here we <laughs> gotta go. avoid that yeah and it, that's not to say that we're sitting here like oh i put in this effort and they don't do this because like some people do have different love languages like you would say like i would never do that or i would never not do that for somebody but then they do something that you don't do so like it's different but that's not the situation here. that's no, not what we're talking not. about no it feels very good to, like, look back and be like, I can't believe, like, I actually got through that and I never thought that I would. And, like, I am a different person now. I'm definitely a different person now than I was back then. I wore a lot of black back then. <laughs> a lot of black makeup, too. So. I think I was just, like, I didn't think anything through. I didn't think about how it would affect people, how it would make people feel, how it would be perceived, even if I had different intentions. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I didn't think about execution at all. And I think that that was a major thing. And also I wouldn't take accountability for anything. And that was a major thing. And I think yeah. once you start taking accountability for the things you did in the past, you're like, Ugh, I hate having to be like, I did that. Did that and yeah. like, I have no excuse. And I think it just motivates you to be a better person so that way you don't have to reflect on as many things and be like, Ooh. yeah, Ooh, yeah. Yeah. There are some things that I do now. I'm like, that wasn't the best thing but it's definitely not to the extent of like how it was when I was younger like I almost said little when I was little (laughs) when I was younger like there's that one story I told and I had made that blog about my dad and I put fake pictures of bruises like I included mine but I felt like mine weren't enough so I added different ones and my cousin called me out in an instant yeah she was like those are fake but I feel like that is an honest, like, a uh, thing. I think there is a stigma around, like, oh, he didn't beat you bloody, you know? Yeah. Like, you know. <laughs> so it's not, it's not yeah. that bad. And yeah. even if he did wear the pictures, I feel like that's a common thing. Like, still yeah. to this day, I was I was at dinner with someone and, uh, like, a domestic dispute led to um, a wife being killed by her husband when she had been abused for all these years. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, 10 years or something. And someone I was with was like, well, she should have said something. Like, she reduced her death. Oh because of that and i was like 
that's... It's different. Like, yeah. And I feel like there's such a stigma around domestic violence and people being abused. And, yeah. Like, I see why you would do that. Because it, yeah. it's easy for people to dismiss it. It's still, I'm like, why did I do I that? I mean, even <laughs> if it like, was just, like, a small bruise on your forearm, that's still significant and that's still disgusting. Yeah. And then, like, when you're in that situation, you don't necessarily think, I should take a picture. Yeah, exactly. Of my black eye. Like, you don't think about that. Exactly. So, and then there are some people who are like, well, um, somebody else has it worse, so I, I shouldn't even say yeah. anything. So. Plus, I mean, if even if you were like, oh, maybe I should document this, I'm sure there's also the fear of them finding the picture and being like, yeah. what are we going to do with this? Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. I've never been in a situation like that. But right. I feel like there are multiple reasons why you wouldn't speak up. Yeah, definitely. I'm getting hungry, though, so you want I'm so hungry. Okay, cool. <laughs> I had to go lock the door and, like, everything, but... It's unlocked right now? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> you guys... I'm right here. You guys stress me... I don't care. You guys stress me out. I, like, arm my alarm while my dogs are peeing. Like, I... Oh, my gosh. Yeah. You need to listen to some true crime. <laughs> like, uh, okay, I will. You need to be aware. Okay. All right, well, let's go eat. Thank you for coming on. You're welcome. I'm, I tell everybody this. Like, I always think everybody's going to say no, so... I'm obvious, yes. Like, yeah, I pretty much, I was like, <laughs> she's going to say yes, so. Of course. Okay, well, <laughs> great. All right, well, you can come on anytime. Oh, if I'm ever you. like, hey, I need a guest. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll fill you. in. Cool, awesome. Yeah. Well, I love you. Thank you. I love you. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right, we're literally going to eat together, so I don't have to yeah. say goodbye, but bye. 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 <laughs>